Due to some technical difficulties we ran into as this was our first live streamed episode, this episode is going to begin at the very first match. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, most of the footage has had to be blurred to prevent a copyright strike, but we'll have a workaround for this in future episodes. So I hope you enjoy. Match, we get straight into our first match, and that is Power and Glory, who are Hercules and Paul Roma, versus the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Giannetti. So I'll just I'll just do a bit of a little tidbit on um, power and glory, should I say? Uh, so they are obviously we last saw Hercules as a face losing to Earthquake at WrestleMania six, and we last saw Roma all the way back at Survivor Series eighty eight. Uh, he was also a face at the time, and he was uh, he was in that big. You remember the crazy big ten man tags that were going on in those matches uh, at the time. Uh, so. They first tagged as Power and Glory on a on a house show in late April, and on a July episode of Superstars, so that was on a house show. They were kind of just testing the team out there at the time. And uh, a house show, or sorry, an episode of Superstars in July. Roma was working as a face, and he was attacked by Dino Bravo. So the Rockers ran in for the save, but Roma blamed the Rockers on the attack. And the following week, he appeared on the Brother Love show with Hercules, and they officially formed Power and Glory. Um, at Television tapings, Power and Glory got a massive face reaction. So the WF had to actually put in some fake boos on the broadcasts. And also, Shawn Michaels is currently suffering from a knee injury, which explains the way this match is booked, which I'll explain now in a moment. So yeah, they, so the Rockers are essentially jumped at the at before the bell by Power and Glory. Uh, and Hercules batters Michaels' knee with his chain while the ref is over with... Uh, Paul Roma and Marty Gennetti on the opposite side of the ring. Gennetti rallies early, dishing out lots of hip tosses and a double drop kick, but the numbers soon become too much. The heels beat him down and get some near falls from a gorilla press slam and some rib breakers. Michaels tries to get in the ring throughout the match, but the heels keep cutting him off while he's on the apron. Gennetti tries mounting a comeback, including a nice scoop power slam on Roma, but Hercules floors him with a clothesline from the apron. Power and Glory hit a double flapjack, and then they finish things off hitting their powerplex finisher, which is... Hercules doing a big superplex and then Roma following one up with a top rope splash uh, to get the three count at six minutes on the dot. And after the match, Michaels eventually makes it into the ring where they attack his knee and Marty throws himself over the knee to try and protect him and Michaels is eventually stretchered out. What I was saying was, I thought it was a good opener. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels did a great job selling and they took like the real life situation and worked it into the match well because obviously he couldn't work it, but they really sold the fact that his the knee was injured and uh, he played that up really well. Um, Hercules is a lot more palatable in a tag team rather than having to watch him on his own because he just gets to do a few power spots, but Paul Roma works most of the match and their tag team finisher is deadly. I think that was everything I said. I think that's everything you said. And then Dave, you said you echoed everything that uh, every uh, single thing you, everything you yeah. took all, all the all my points so I'm gonna just, I'm but gonna... before you go oh, ahead Graham yeah, yeah, yeah. Th there is that that one thing that I wanted to point out about where he called the Rockers and he said they look like uh, David Mick Bowie. Jagger and Mick, David Bowie yeah Mick Jagger right yeah um, I don't know if he's caught this but when Mark he throws himself over um, Shawn Michaels to protect him yeah uh, Piper says well now they really look like Bowie and Jagger I did actually catch oh. that and I was like oh do you get okay. that? Do you, do you yeah. know why? Isn't there meant to be a rumor that they like rode each other or something? They, they, yeah, apparently um, uh, Jagger's. Well, I don't know if it's if if it's his wife or if it's his girlfriend. She caught them. She stung them like in the eye. Yeah. 
and that's what the song Angie's about. Yeah, that's what I heard before. Like, she's, <laughs> it's, Angie's the one who's caught them doing their business together. <laughs> well, like, that would not fly oh, today. <laughs> there's a lot that Roddy Piper says that. Oh would not my fly God! Today. That's Holy what, God. Something else I said is that that's a, it's it's a recurring theme throughout the night with Piper. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, he uh, he really lays it in, doesn't he? Like he just no messing, no messing at all. Um, so yeah, after that. Uh, Sean Mooney interviews Mr. Perfect. Ah, oh, no, wait. Okay, wait, wait. Are we moving on from this match? My Graham, apologies. You're giving us I'm going to pause the video. Thoughts? Get your bell out, Derm, and we'll do a little count. Well, I want your <laughs> thoughts too, but also... No, I just said I, I echoed yours. I thought you just agree and everything. I, I agree with everything. The finisher looked good. I think Power and Glory, they look great. Like They're both yeah, beefcakes. Mm. They're both chunky beefcakes and gorgeous. And they've got like really good really good heel team um, and they also they booked that match perfectly for, considering only Marty could work it um, and uh, Paul Roma has really good hair doesn't he Paul Roma has a mullet I would say that's one um, Michaels Sean Michaels Michaels what? has a mullet yeah Marty Gennetti ah he's got a mullet he's got a mullet yeah, okay <laughs> bing 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 Slick, nah, nah. Not, no. It's like a... Slick has a hat on. He could have a mullet. We're, we're not sure about Slick. No, we'll leave Slick out. Then. We'll <laughs> leave Slick out. That's a good number from the first match. So that's what true. about a uh, commentary position? Yeah. Are we? Would Roddy have a, a mullet? Or is that just long hair? No, that's long hair. I don't think he has a mullet. However, yeah. as I was about to say, Sean Mooney, who's oh. he has a mullet. And he is backstage uh, and he interviews the Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Perfect, along with his manager, Bobby Heenan, it's a pretty good interview. You know, the usual, they go on about Tex Tornado and he's, you know, the cheek of him challenging Mr. Perfect. He's a, he's a shoe flying into the old uh, World Wrestling Federation. And then we get um, we get an interview from the Texas Tornado himself, which I'm going to play here because, do you think, I just want to ask you a question before we go to this. Do you think the Texas Tornado enjoys drugs? <laughs> I'd say he might have dabbled once or twice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I th I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. We'll play the interview here, and hopefully, people can make it, make a decision themselves whether you know what he's into. Me now, ladies and gentlemen, the Texas Tornado, a man who, in just a short period of time, has taken, if you will, the World Wrestling Federation by storm. That's right, me and Gene. There are tornado warnings at the Summer Slam, but the only tornado you have to worry about, Mr. Perfect, is the one that's going to come out of that black cloud hanging over your head right now. When it touches down in the ring, it's going to destroy everything in its path. You see, you must not know much about the Texas tornadoes, because Mr. Perfect, they're powerful, they're unpredictable, they're devastating. And when our match is over, and the Texas tornado it's back up into the clouds. I'll be taking with me the Intercontinental Championship belt. Whew. That's it from here, Vince. Let's get back to you. So, he's a bit mad, isn't he, El Kerry Von Eric? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I should probably introduce Mr. Kerry Von Eric because this is his this is his debut on yeah, the for sure. on the show. So. I'm saying I'm kind of going flip flopping between Kerry Von Erich and um, Texas Tornado. It's one and the same. Real name Kerry Atkinson. He's a member of the the legendary Von Erich family. Trained by his father Fritz Von Erich. 
and he'd been wrestling for 13 years at this point. He held various titles in his father's world-class championship wrestling promotion and his, him and his brothers had legendary feuds and matches with the Fabulous Freeboards. His biggest career highlight was in 1984 where he defeated Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight title in front of 45,000 fans at Texas Stadium. Um, World Class was eventually bought out by the USWA and Kerry wrestled for them in the Dallas Sportatorium where he won the Texas Heavyweight title twice. In 1986 he was in a near fatal motorcycle accident that cost him his right foot which is why he wears tassels on his boots to cover up the fact that he's actually wearing a prosthetic leg. Um, and he signed with the WF in July 1990 and debuted on Saturday night's main event where he defeated Buddy Rose. Now, the situation with the Intercontinental title is after winning the world title at WrestleMania 6, the Ultimate Warrior vacated the Intercontinental title and it was then won by Mr. Perfect who defeated Tito Santana in a tournament final on an episode of Superstars that aired in mid-May. Um, so this was actually meant to be a continuation of the perfect beefcake feud, but like we talked about on previous episodes, uh, beefcake's face got smashed in in that para paragliding accident. So there's a bit of back and forth feeling out process in the early going, with both men landing some moves on one another and perfect being sent over the top of the big clothesline. Von Eric goes to work on the arm, but perfect cuts him off with a forearm to the face. Perfect whips Von Eric to the buckle and applies a sleeper hold, but it soon ends with a rope break. Perfect lands some right hands, but when he turns his back to talk to Heenan, Von Eric seizes the opportunity, slingshots Perfect into the corner, he briefly locks in the Iron Claw, and then he hits the big tornado punch to win the Intercontinental title just past the 5 minute mark, ending Mr. Perfect's 126 day reign. Any thoughts on this um, match I, here? I, I have a thought. Yeah. I fucking hate the Iron Claw. <laughs> yeah, bad, isn't it? It's a bad move, I don't like it myself, no. To be fair... It's one of the few things that gets a reaction for Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, but uh, yeah, it's a terrible move. But like, they obviously recognise him because they react for the claw, but like, it doesn't seem like he's that over. No, and not at all. It was a very, like, it just felt very rushed this match, didn't it? The best thing about this match, in my opinion, was Mr. Perfect selling. Yeah, the slingshot and off the tornado punch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. good. He just, like, when he, hit, when he gets hit with the tornado punch, he does like a tornado himself. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean he spins around and does a bump like, and as ridiculous that, as ridiculous, ridiculous as that is but yeah. it's, it's still like fucking ah deadly yeah <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's a gas man yeah but I just I felt this was a bad uh, introduction to the Texas Tornado really yeah I think promo was a bad introduction wasn't it yeah I think sorry Darren didn't mean to get cut no no just I think poor L. Kerry has seen better days like as you said do you think he likes drugs I think he's definitely past his best at this point and yeah. he's not 100 percent. well look he's missing a foot as well which probably doesn't help doesn't really help no it doesn't help at all but i just felt there was nothing like and i we know mr perfect is unbelievable like, yeah 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 so yeah. the fact that he's this match is just like you know nothing to write home about arguably the worst mr perfect match we've seen Mm. I would say 100% the worst Mr. Perfect match we've seen. Yeah, although his last one with Beefcake was pretty shit too, but, you know, I don't know. I expected more from this than I would from Beefcake, though. I abso I, I actually kind of came into this match, I was like, oh, this yeah. could be yeah. good, and I left sorely disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can we can all um, agree it was a bit meh. He doesn't last long. In the WF, doesn't he not? Uh, Kerry Eric, no, yeah. I think a year, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. 
do you think the fact that his look is kind of similar to the Warriors, but like even to the tasseled boots? Um, yeah. Now Warriors kind of coloured his hair, so it's similar to Kerry Von Erich's as well. That it's kind of like they're too similar, and Warriors just a much more charismatic version of the same thing. Yeah, I remember even. I actually have this weird. Do you ever get a memory like from when you're a kid, and it's literally just like a photographic, like as if it's it's one image of a memory. If that makes yeah. sense. And I remember um, it was probably from about '92 because I remember the warrior left WF for a bit, and then he came back, and there was all these rumors that it wasn't the same bloke. And I remember it was even like you know they used to get like pull out magazines from like a newspaper and stuff, and I remember like the warrior was on the cover of one of them. I mean, Nanny's house, and I can, I can actually remember being on this chair in her kitchen and it saying something like, not the real warrior or something. I was like, <laughs> now that I'm like an adult, I'm like, the fact that that made it onto this magazine is just in a newspaper, like, is bananas, like, you know what I mean? But I remember one of the, th- one of the rumours was that they got Kerry Von Erich to play the warrior when they brought him back, like, yeah. the idea was that the WF, like they would later with Diesel and Razor Ramon, they owned the trademark, so they just got a different person to play the same gimmick basically yeah yeah but it wasn't it was it was jim hill like but like the fact that so many people think that kerry von Eric could have done it is uh an, a testament to what you're saying he looks too much like the warrior but isn't as charismatic or crazy you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean crazy nonsensical maybe Nonsense. it's it's taken the wrong types of drugs <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah all the wrong types of drugs Separate to to any wrestling chat here, you, the memory that you were talking about, do yeah. you know what that's called? Like the one where you, it's just a, a clear picture and you can identify a lot of details in it. No, Go it's on. called a, a flashbulb memory. Flashbulb. So it's just a just that that one photograph, one kind of interesting. Yeah. The more you know, the more you know. No, because I, I always remember that. I was like, that's just mad. Like the fucking warrior. Here's where I'm fucking wrong now. Watch, I'm going to have to look it up to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) What about the uh, hairstyles in this match? Yeah, um, Mr. Perfect certainly has an L mullet anyway, let me tell you. What's that, five? Are we on five? No, five, yeah. Five, Five, awesome. Yeah, so backstage, Mean Jean is uh, looking to interview Sapphire, but she's nowhere to be found. Uh, Sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself now. This this (laughs) ongoing storyline throughout the whole show... And it's piss poor payoff really annoyed me. Like, um, so I'm going to be angry every time I mention Sapphire. <laughs> uh, but she's nowhere to be seen. But um, Bobby Heenan and Perfect come storming in, going absolutely rasher. It's good fun, good gas. <laughs> you know the way they are. They're just, uh, especially Heenan. Heenan's always he's great. Am- he's, he's amazing. Yeah, when he's been like, you know, double crossed or been told when something bad has happened. Anyway. <laughs> Match number three pits um, Sensational Queen Sherry versus the aforementioned Sweet Sapphire. Um, and oh, God. This is part of the feud of Randy Savage versus Dusty Rhodes, so I'll go more into the feud later when their match comes up. But um, I want to point out that Sherry's outfit looks fucking deadly. Her whole setup is fucking oh, class. She looks class. I couldn't. I was like, oh, holy yeah, shit, that's amazing. dress and then the face paint and shit, it's fucking, it's the bit, and the hair and all. The business so Sherry comes out to the ring and then Dusty Rose music players and Howard Finkel announces Sapphire twice. No, nothing happens. Uh, then the music starts again, yeah, announces Sapphire again, but she still doesn't show up. So then a producer comes out and has a chat with the ref and Howard Finkel. 
Finkel kind of just relays to the crowd that Sapphire has 30 seconds to show up or she forfeits the match. So Finkel starts counting down and then Sherry grabs the mic for the final 10 seconds. She is mental. You know that scream she does? She has this like... <laughs> death she's, metal scream. Yeah, it's a death metal scream and she screams the last 10 seconds and then Sherry essentially wins by forfeit. So that was a waste of all her time. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you know, sense. it's not a waste of her time though. What? Lovely cans. Oh, lovely oh. cans. Are, uh... <laughs> Here, that's a fantastic timing. Oh, oh lovely cans. <laughs> Poor Graham. What's, what's the, I have a lovely can, but it's, it's already open. What's the opposite <laughs> of, um? what's the opposite of waste? Because that's what I'm trying, I was about to say, you said not, what's not a waste of our time. What's the opposite of waste? Derm, you're a teacher. What's the opposite of waste? Not right now, I'm not. <laughs> Jeez. Google. Google. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Um, but anyway, we, we pop. Oh, I'm after skipping too far on that old video there. We go backstage <gasps> where um, Dusty Rhodes is. Uh, he do, he's looked in every nook and cranny for Sapphire. Every nook and cranny, baby. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he hasn't been able to find her. And he touches on that Sapphire has been receiving lots of gifts. I cruised around the world. Uh, a diamond necklace, all that shit. Um, did you like Jim Duggan's cameo? Did you? <laughs> no, I didn't like it at all. No, yeah. me neither. <laughs> We've been like, looking, Dusters. We're gonna go back. Gonna go keep looking. Fucking, fucking arsehole. Fucking arsehole. <laughs> if you're new to this podcast, we really hate Jim Duggan. <laughs> And I think we're warranted. We're, I think we're very warranted in, in our hatred of Jim Duggan. Um, like, for example, our last WF episode, he was wrestling in Toronto, Ontario, Canada against a man billed as Canada's strongest man. And he came to the ring with the American flag and tried to get a USA chant going as a babyface. So he's a dumb animal. Like, outside yeah, of his gimmick, animal. he's a fucking idiot. And. That's why I don't like him. That's fair. And a million other reasons as well, but that's why. Yeah, there's a, yeah there, there are a lot of reasons. Yeah. So we'll we'll move on to match number four, and that is the Warlord versus Tito Santana. The Warlord's gear is mental, isn't it? Oh, Tito. it's unbelievable. Yeah. I thought it was deadly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. deadly. Yeah. Um, so this match was actually supposed to be the blow-off blow match to the feud between the former Strike Force partners, Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Excuse me, a little belch. However, uh, Martel got injured in early July, uh, so he was replaced by the Warlord. And um, the WF covered for Martel by saying he was away in Paris modelling because he's gorgeous. It's a great kayfabe reason for him. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's a great yeah. reason. So uh, the Warlord... It's very hard to say Warlord. <laughs> the Warlord shows off his power to start, but Tito counters using his speed and hits a trio of drop kicks, which sends the Warlord reeling outside for a breather. Back inside, Tito goes on the offensive, leaping on Warlord's shoulders and raining down punches. He attempts a pin, but Warlord kicks out with such force that Tito goes flying outside the ring. Slick distracts the ref while Warlord rams Tito's spine into the ring post outside. The pace kind of slows down as Warlord punishes Tito's back. Tito gets the boot up and Warlord rushes him in the corner and fires up with a flurry of punches. He hits the flying forearm, but takes a few seconds too long to make the cover, and the Warlord manages to get his foot on the ropes before three. The Warlord blocks a monkey flip attempt and then he hits the running power slam in the middle of the ring to win the match at five and a half minutes. Bit of filler here, isn't it, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you said the match slowed down. Yeah. It was it was quite slow. Like Tito had a few kind of nice drop kicks and quick moves at the start and after that it's just a warlord match. Yeah. Like yeah. Warlord has an unbelievable look, but he's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would agree. I didn't um I I it, it I lost interest to be honest. I didn't. I, I, I found it very difficult to pay attention. It, it, it's, it's like, especially after the last well, well, not the last match technically, Sherry versus Sapphire, but after the last match that actually had action. Uh, Which one was that? Because <laughs> okay, okay. Mr. Perfect thing didn't it have was that much. Right it, was the, it was the opener, I think, at this stage. <laughs> yeah, this this show has gone into a bit of a lull after the first match. It, but they've like I know all the matches have been like, uh, like five or six minutes, and but only the fourth one actually gave me a bit of buzz, like mm-hmm. that I actually popped for. This is yeah, this felt like a long five or six minutes. Um, yeah, Dave, what did you think of Tito Santana's gear and the color of it <laughs> compared to his um, uh, like his natural skin color? Are you referring to the the the, um, the contrast between the the hue of his his gear versus the the hue of his skin? Yeah, I am. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah. But if you're asking about that, I would say that the the white makes the tan pop, and the tan makes the white pop. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> oh my god, he said it. <laughs> Is, uh, you're gonna be like Bart Simpson, you know, like, say the line. Say the line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you, um, I also think Tito Santana is still wearing his strike force gear despite the fact that they broke up like a year that ago. That is his strike force gear, the two of them wore the, yeah. the, the, the red cuffs and the and the and yeah. white else. And, and then he actually says strike voice. force on the side of his on the side of his uh, trunks, like just boy, new yeah, gear, no wonder, uh, no wonder the model thinks he's a loose hair. <laughs> The model from where? Where do they build them from again? There is it Miami. It's from or? Miami or California, yeah. and he's got the biggest French Canadian accent yeah, ever. Like, he's a loose hair. He's loose hair. <laughs> like he definitely pronounces chowder. Chalbert. Say it right, Frenchie. <laughs> now, oh. what would we say about Tito Santana's hair? What do you think? Is, I say that, is that just are they bangs or is that a mullet? Graham, you've got the deciding vote here. Hold on, let me have a good look at him. <laughs> really want Stand to up and let me get a look at yeah, you. Do a turn for me there, Tito. I'm going to say. And he did it. <laughs> I'm going to say. I'm going to say a mullet. I'm going to say it's a mullet. <laughs> Is that six? Six on the mullet count. Yeah, six on the mullet count. Lads, we haven't done a mullet count in ages. Oh, it's been too long, hasn't it? Really. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they actually would have the Martel and Santana blow-off match in late October when Martel returned, and uh, Martel won that as well. Um, so poor Tito was getting getting jobbed out. Probably, probably that's probably why he can't afford new gear because he's not winning any matches. Um, At least he didn't have uh, Ventura being raised towards him in this uh, in this match. I liked the way Roddy Piper kind of referenced that. Did you hear that? No, what did he say? Called him a bean eater. Yeah, he was like saying, I'm not going to go on about burritos and I'm not going to call him a bean eater. And I'm not going to, like, he was kind of, it was like he was taking jabs at Jesse Ventura for being a bit of a racist. Like, 
<laughs> but then he also oh, said, I'm not going to call... Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to call him a bean eater, but he does smell a bit or something like that. He has bad breath, isn't that what he says? Yeah. I mean, Jesse Ventura does say, he always says, like, you know, somewhat, like, derogatory terms about Mexicans when Tito Santana's wrestling. And, you know, it's, you know, but... You know what? I actually can't think of anything that he said other than calling them Chico Santana. Yeah. He called the flying forearm the flying burrito. That's about it. But I think that's a lot less racist than literally painting yourself half black for a match, which is what Roddy Piper did. <laughs> you remember? Uh, yeah. yeah. And like everything he says tonight is incredibly racist. <laughs> There's a lot of just dodgy shit that Roddy Piper says. Just dodgy, dodgy shit. I still love him. But like... <laughs> yeah. So backstage, Sean Mooney interviews three members of Demolition and he come. Did you find that Sean Mooney came across like an absolute idiot? <laughs> Yes. Like, he was kind of like, wait a minute, there's three of you. I thought there could only be two of you. It was really um, shit, if I'm going yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't particularly uh, particularly good. However, I'll tell you what was good, and that was the Hart Foundation interview that came afterwards. Uh, Bret Hart. And Jim Neidhart especially was good. So we're, we're going to play that now. And that was, uh, here we go. <laughs> Heart Foundation, it must have been a little disconcerting not to know until this very moment which two members of Demolition you were going to face for the tag team title. But gentlemen, it appears that the pieces of the puzzle have finally fallen into place. I must admit, it's been a little confusing, but I thought all along it was going to be the two original and most experienced members of Demolition, Axe and Smash. What about you, Anvil? What do you think? Think? Yeah! <laughs> they don't pay me to think. They pay me to be tough like an Anvil. Hence the name, right? Right? Yeah! It never mattered to me because when I get in the ring, I just don't care! Settle down, Anvil! Settle down! He's a little anxious, and so am I. Anxious to once again be the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. And now, since we only have to worry about two demolition, you can bet that the Heart Foundation, we're gonna make flatliners out of Axe and Crush. Yeah, demolition! After the heart attack we're gonna give you, you'll be buying pacemakers by the truckload, baby! Yeah! Just like Phil Collins says, what we have here are two hearts. Beating his yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to ringside. So uh, I really liked the anvil in this interview. I have never, I never thought I'd hear him speaking like that. That it was <laughs> fucking mental. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Like he was just. Um... He's definitely taking the right kind of drugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's taking the right kind of stuff. I really like that line. Think. They don't pay me to think. That's a, that's a brilliant line, man. <laughs> so, um, Matt, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, despite what Dave Meltzer says, those jackets are fucking cool. They're deadly. Oh, what did Dave Meltzer say? <laughs> Tell us the uh, I believe he, in, in the uh, newsletter at the time, he described the new jackets as being gay and probably deserve designed by michael jackson like we i think we kind of discussed this in our little whatsapp chat or whatever but like if anybody in that ring is gay 
like we're, we're obviously talking gay stereotypes here. Uh, it's definitely demolition in their little glittery jocks and their like BDSM leather straps around their, you know what I mean? Like, and they're, they're wearing you know, harnesses. They're wearing har- They're wearing like gimp harnesses, like you know, just because yeah. it's pink, like. <laughs> oh, fuck off, Dave Meltzer, you freak. <laughs> that's, sorry, that just annoys me. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know we we focused on how good the like Hart's interview was, but that was one of the worst demolition promos I've ever seen. Like, what was going on with? No, the worst demolition promo was their second promo. Later oh on. my oh, god, yeah. I wanted this to <laughs> well, like, right out of my mouth, Grant. Well, like, what's what's going on with the uh, Axe making all those faces? Or no, sorry, Smash making all the weird faces and he like, does it in the second one as well, doesn't he? But well, like, it just seems very scripted. It seems like. They pr- they said, Axe, you say this, Smash, you say this, and then Crush, you f- do the finishing line at the end. Yeah, like, and while Crush is saying this, you make this weird face. Oh, it's it's awful. And fucking perk your <laughs> what? What? Are, what, are, what are your chest? Whatever you fucking yeah. What are you called? X X. Okay. So match number five is for the WF World Tag Team Champions Championships, excuse me, and it is Demolition who are Smash and Crush. Against the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. So Crush, real name Brian Adams, um, not the Brian Adams uh, with, with all the belters under his belt. Uh, he's trained by Tatsumi Fujinami and Antonio Inoki and had been wrestling for four years at this point. He was in the US Air Force stationed in Japan and after being discharged stayed in Japan to train. Made his debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling defeating Kenichi Oya. He returned to the US after a year and mainly worked for, for Pacific Northwest Wrestling where he'd held their tag team and heavyweight titles once each. He also did tours with New Japan and All Japan and then he signed for the WWF in June in 1990 where he debuted as Crush. In kayfabe it was claimed that this was a heinous scheme to gain a 3 on 2 advantage over other tag teams but it was actually because um, Axe had developed an allergy to shellfish which had hospitalised him and Vince McMahon wanted to add a third member to the team just in case the illness put Axe out of action for an extended period of time. And also Axe was being slowly phased from an in-ring performer job to a back office job. So that's the that's the background on El Crush. And on the March 31st episode of Superstars, the Hart Foundation challenged whoever the tag team champions would be after WrestleMania. And it was Demolition. Um, who slowly turned heel because they brought the Road Warriors in. And they wanted the Road Warriors to be face and face demolition, so they kind of they didn't actually do anything. They just started acting like heels. Um, the Hart Foundation faced the Rockers on the April twenty eighth episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, and Demolition interfered, causing a double DQ. On the July fourteenth episode of Superstars, Demolition and the Hart Foundation brawled after an interview, in which the Hart Foundation claimed that Demolition having three members was evidence of cowardice. Uh, the following week, a match. Between the teams was scheduled for SummerSlam, and the stipulation stated that it was two out of three falls, and only two members of Demolition would be allowed down to the ring. So the the Hart Foundation punished Smash, working over his arm in the opening minutes. Crush tags in and tries to take control, but the Hart Foundation stay in the driver's seat. Smash sends Anvil to the floor, but Brett fires up and takes care of both opponents with clotheslines and drop kicks. He hits Smash with a Russian leg sweep that gets a two count and a loud reaction from the crowd. Brett follows up with a backbreaker and an elbow drop, but Crush breaks up the pin attempt with a leg drop, and the champions hit Brett with uh, demolition decapitation, which is the backbreaker and elbow drop kind of thing, to score the fourth fall at six minutes and nine seconds. So Brett is in trouble, and demolition continues to beat him down, including smash hitting a belly to back suplex, and Crush wearing him down with a neck crank. 
Brett eventually manages to hit a desperation clothesline. He crawls towards his corner, but Smash grabs his leg and then Crush grabs Smash and tries to pull him into their own corner. The refs have none of that and kicks Crush's hands to break the hold. This allows Brett to get the tag to a huge pop and Anvil comes in, cleans house and gets a very close near fall from a scoop power slam on Smash. They hit the hard attack on Smash but Crush attacks the ref before three so the ref disqualifies Demolition giving the second fall to the hard foundation at ten minutes. Before the bell for the third fall, Crush clotheslines Brett to the outside and Anvil goes to check on him. Demolition distract the ref while Axe runs out and hides under the ring. The Hart Foundation have control but Smash rolls outside and does the switcheroo with Axe even though they look nothing like each other. <laughs> so the fresh Axe beats down Brett and then Demolition take charge. Axe and Smash do another switcheroo while the ref isn't looking. This prompts the Legion of Doom, aka the Road Warriors, to come down, big pop. And uh, they drag Axe from out under the ring and they show the ref that there's been uh, shenanigans going on. Uh, so in all this mayhem, Anvil hits Crush with a slingshot sh shoulder block and Brett rolls him up for the three count at 14 and a half minutes to win the third fall on the tag team titles for the second time, bringing an end to Demolition's 148 day long reign. Dave, would you like to go first while the replay yeah. shows a Demolition decapitation there? Sure. Um... Honestly, it felt like... I um, Feel free to to challenge me on this but it felt like a bit of a clusterfuck to me okay. um, it just felt very chaotic very for like it was short for a two out of three falls match i thought and mm -hmm. um, the, the, the 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 spot at the end the spot but the gimmick at the end with like you now come in and out one or leave the ring and stuff and mm -hmm. um, uh, i it just like i i think sean mooney said that at the, at, like in the the after match promo there's like I had no idea what was going on and i was like yeah right there with your brother <laughs> <laughs> um oh like oh it wasn't i don't i didn't think it was terrible um mm -hmm. like it was it was entertaining you know like demolition or demolition um and the heart brother or the heart foundation or the heart foundation you know yeah um like it was it, it was very middling for me if i'm being perfectly honest okay um okay. I, I probably disagree with you dave not that yeah, well, he told us to feel free to disagree, so disagree, Graham. I would if you stopped interrupting me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm only a money big prick. Uh, I do agree it was a bit clusterfucky at times, especially towards the end with all that. Like, Axe and Smash just do not look like one another whatsoever. It's a bit ludicrous. Uh, but besides that, I thought the Hard Foundation especially had the crowd in the palm of their hand, like... Especially in the second fall when Brett was getting the shit kicked out of him. And like Anvil's pacing up and down the apron just like, you know, freaking out. And Brett eventually hits a big clothesline and he gets the tag and Anvil comes in going, you know, he's a big, he's a bull of a man. And the crowd goes fucking rasher. They just start losing their shit and Anvil just like smashes the gaff up. And I was, just, I was there with them. Like, I was just like, here, this is the business. You know what I mean? And they do a deadly thing where... Uh, what the, I can't remember what they they floored Crush anyway and then Brett climbed the ropes and Anvil like picked him like a reverse body slam and slammed Brett on top of Crush I thought that was a pretty cool move and uh, obviously Anvil's slingshot shoulder block is f fucking legendary um, you know, the finish uh, so yeah a bit clusterfucky but considering what we've seen so far and some of the other stuff we're going to see I still I bought into it like and I had a good time what were you doing? Yeah, I'd say um, overbooked, but 
overbooked in a really enjoyable way. I found it was kind of like attitude era kind of stuff where there's just so much shit going on. Sometimes it doesn't really seem like it makes sense, especially the bit with the demolition lad swapping and how there's the ref not catch the fact that they look so different. But I still thought it was really enjoyable. Like it, there's a lot of great action. There's a lot of great wrestlers in the match and yeah, like compared to what we've just seen the last few matches, this really woke me out of my slumber and made me get back into this show. So I enjoyed it. Cool. I would just like to clarify, just so we're all on the same page. I, <laughs> I didn't dislike it. Right. Oh, you hated so, it, Dave. You hate wrestling. I don't know. I think I think Darren hit the nail on the head though with it with it with the phrase overbooked. I think that that was my biggest gripe with it. Oh no, that's that's a uh, like that's fair enough. Like if if the. Uh, the overbooking is a, is a fair enough reason to uh, to not enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like it, that can ruin a match. I did. I, I did not enjoy you know? it. <laughs> no, not, or at least why do you hate it so much, Dave? <laughs> Dave, why did you hate this really good two out of three fourth tag match? What did you think of um, Crush attacking the referee there, as opposed to just breaking up? The, well, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think he got in? What I think happened was he wasn't. It was just meant to be a pinfall, and I think Crush got in too early and realized if he broke up the pinfall, that wouldn't be the fall. So we had to do something that would get him DQ. So we just like he leapt over the pin and just onto the ref, like. Which is good, quick thinking. It is that, pretty that's good quick thinking, in fairness, but it just looked a bit weird. Like that's yeah. that that is a bit close to you. I was like that. Just just let them pin him. Like just let him get pinned. It'd be grand. Maybe they didn't want Demolition to take two pins in one match. Fair then enough. don't book him in a two out of three falls match where the other team's going over. <laughs> well, you could do that too, yeah. yeah. Well, like, it's weird that even though I remember Legion of Doom as a WWF like tag team from my youth, seeing them here now, they feel really out of place. Like, there's such an NWA thing. And I'm like, Agreed. what the fuck are you doing at SummerSlam? Yeah, because, we've seen, because we've seen them as the Road Warriors so often. Yeah. It's just really weird, isn't it? Yeah. I also, bad. like, they look so clean. <laughs> you know, like the spikes. You know, in, yeah. you know, in, um, in NWA and WCW, when we've seen them, they've had, like, their spikes are, like, horrible. And they've been, you know, like, as if they're actual Road Warriors, like, from a Mad Max yeah. film. But, like, in the WF, they're blatantly, like, this shiny red molded plastic with the spikes rubber spikes yeah. brand new brand new like so the kids you wouldn't can, be kids can buy them like you wouldn't be attacking dusty roads eye with that spike no, you be blinded <laughs> dog, so what about the uh the hairstyles in that match crush definitely has a mullet and then i, th- I think that's where i'm gonna uh, call it do you think smash, smash no yeah. Uh, i'd say yeah I'd let's say go smash smash, smash yeah brett's hair is just long yeah, absolutely. So we've got a and Jim Jim Ryder actually that's... has a fairly oh. kind of forward thinking haircut. Like he's got one of those old rat tails, has he? Does he have a rat tail? I don't know. Like, nah, no. It just seems real kind of like like tight at the back and sides and with a bit of length on top. <laughs> he's more. That's a flat top, Dave. This isn't a flat top club. It's the no, not club. a flat, not a flat. No, I'm not saying he has a mullet. I'm saying oh, his hairstyle okay. is 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 quite modern. <laughs> Okay, sorry. He's ahead of his time. Crossed wires there. Crossed wires. <laughs> You're picking on me tonight. <laughs> so I think we're about um, halfway through our oh, show. Oh, no, are we? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. What happens then? 
Halftime history. Halftime history. That was the worst one so far. Well, it's hard over it. Zoom. Like, it is like yeah. there's, there's the lag and all, so it just does not. It... Do you want to try it again? Like, no. <laughs> okay, with half, we're going to do a halftime history, and then we're going to take a little, a little five minute breather after this. So, halftime history. What happened at around this time? So, the number one song in Ireland was still put him under pressure by the Republic of Ireland football team. Fucking belter. What a belter. What a screamer, like. We're all part of Jackie's army, you know what I mean? We're all off to Italy. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, we're, we'll really put them up when we win the World Cup. Is Ireland, that because Ireland are the, the, the what? The, the, the greatest, the greatest football, football team? The greatest football yeah. <laughs> So, other things released since our last uh, pay-per-view we did which was in July which was Great American Bash um, I really like this chalkboard Cowboys from Hell by Pantera no way yeah so that's their first major label debut was released Jesus yes that uh, does not seem like the same time as Jackie's Army I know it's, it's weird thinking that isn't it it's so bizarre um, Facelift by Alice in Chains which is their debut album as well Features the song Man in the Box, which Tommy Dreamer would later use in um, ECW as his entrance music. Nice. And then uh, No Fences by Garth Brooks, which features such belters as uh, Friends in Low Places and The Thunder Rolls. Fuck. Thunder Rolls is a banger of a oh, song. absolute fucking screamer of a song. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I got very aggressive there, but it's a really good song, okay? Uh, the no, it's a really good song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the number one uh, box office film was Darkman, starring Liam Neeson, directed by Sam Raimi. Never heard of it. Never, Never heard, heard of it either. No, okay. It's... Oh, actually, the cover looks familiar yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it on the screen, but no, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, um, and other films that came out around that time include uh, Arachnophobia. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, and yeah. the terrifying The Witches starring Angelica Hughes. Oh, I was that absolutely terrified of that yeah. as a shot. Yeah. And They've remade it recently, haven't they? Yeah, they did. It's apparently it's actually apparently very good, the remake. Um, but I only saw that one and it was it was so scary. That is so terrifying. Fucking scary. Uh in television <laughs> Stars and the Royals debuted. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone not from the UK or Ireland, Stars in the Royals was this uh, English television show that was basically like professional karaoke. So like someone would come on and they'd be like, the catchphrase, tonight Matthew, I'm going to be, and then I'd say, they'd say, Freddie Mercury. And they'd go through like this like portal and then they'd come back and look exactly like Freddie Mercury and then they'd sing. And even though when the final came and Matthew Kelly would constantly go, now remember, it's a sound-alike competition, not a look-alike competition. Everyone definitely was voting for who they thought was the best look-alike. Yeah. Like, that's the way it was. But it was, what a, what a like, if we're talking about flashbulb memories, that's one of those, like, you know, like a Saturday night at 6 p.m. or something uh, yeah, like that. You yeah, just go yeah, to the yeah, bath, yeah. you're watching Stars in the Rise. <laughs> I mean, or Noel's House Party or Gladiators or something. Uh, you know, can I ask though, party. like, if it was a sound alike competition yeah. and not a look alike competition, why didn't they call it like Stars in Your Ears instead of Stars <laughs> in Your Eyes? It's a serious problem, like. 
serious problem. <laughs> Fuck off. What the hell? You'll have to ring up Matthew Kelly and ask him. Poor Matthew. Yeah. I was uh, when I was a kid. I used to think that Portal was actually magical because I didn't. I didn't. I didn't understand the didn't nature understand of pre-taped television. Pre-taped. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. So you were like, how 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 did that woman go back and come out looking like Shirley Bassey in like forty seconds, like yeah, or less even twenty seconds? No, if they were in and then they were out, yeah, like yeah. it was fucking sub yeah. five seconds, I'd say. It was like Ian from Wigan, and then so, suddenly he walks through a portal, and then he's fucking Tom Jones, like it's so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, and other stuff that happened on the planet at that time. Uh, this isn't as fun. Iraq invaded Kuwait and started the Gulf War, so that was unsound. Uh, not sound. Not sound at all. El Saddam on a mad one. And wait uh, for a surgeon slaughter. They actually though. reference in the show and all. Yeah, fairness. they do actually reference it in the show. Yeah, you're right. And then uh, West Germany win the 1990 World Cup by beating Argentina one 0 in the final. So there you go. That's mad, isn't it? West Germany was the team. Yeah. In 1990, they actually, um, they also West Germany and East Germany agreed to reunite on October October third, I believe. So about roughly a month after this pay per view, they uh, they basically yeah, became they Germany again, which was which was a uh, sound of them, I suppose. Weirdly, and... I bought that uh, jersey like three weeks ago. Oh, it's a Delhi jersey. It's actually a yeah, Delhi no, jersey. that's yeah. why I bought it because yeah, it's a Delhi jersey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and no, it's a deadly jersey. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> now you're getting it. No, it is deadly. No, it's deadly. <laughs> and also at the, uh, this time, WWF, do you hear me? WWE wrestlers uh, Marcel Bartel, Fabian Eichner, Angelo Dawkins, and Tucker Knight were all born. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it makes you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially Tucker Knight. He looks fucking ancient, man. He's about 53, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll go on a little break and be back in five minutes to have more lovely cans and we hope to see lovely you then lovely cans big kiss bye bye see you soon big kiss bye bye are we paused or what? Uh, no we're still live <laughs> I just wanted to see what you to do like I just wanted to see that's all that's a little is that what? big kiss bye bye Big kiss boy voice see you soon, no? Do you not look do... <laughs> Oh sorry, oh, sorry. Sake. <laughs> right, uh Now we're yeah. on a break. <laughs> now we're on a break, yeah, it's grand. Yeah. Go on. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm getting cans. Hola, and we're back. Deadly. Are we back with lovely cans? Oh, lovely. Ah. Hold on. Oh, oh that, that sounded a, great. Oh, that that was a filthy one. <laughs> Dirty little slapper of a can. Oh, that... <laughs> that can gets around. Oh, <laughs> you little dirty can. You? I really am. Um... I'm really glad you called that kind of slapper like that. Was... <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that even mean? I don't even know. 
So me and Gene is backstage and he interviews uh, the Legion of Doom and the Heart Foundation. And they're all going mad as they do and it's it's good crack. Uh, <laughs> uh, then... Tell him, Hawk! <laughs> wow! He actually doesn't say well in this promo. I was disappointed. He does, but he doesn't say it at the start. He says it like oh, does he midway, but it's still he not, said, still what, not what's, what, what's the other part of his... his uh, what a rush. His, well, what a rush! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm scared of. What a rush! Uh, we got some ads for WrestleMania 7. Um... Uh, here, what's the story with this ad for WrestleMania 7 and this 100,000 stadium? That's simply not where WrestleMania 7 was held. I know, we'll discuss it when we get to WrestleMania 7. Okay. We? I don't want to spoil you there. Uh, well, the, uh, the only thing that you need to know is that you no know, matter how you get there, get there. Mm. Isn't he? I, I can't even remember exactly what Vince was saying, but he said something along those lines. He said something silly anyway, doesn't like he? Like five times throughout the entire yeah. show. So uh, Mean Gene then interviews... Um, Sensational Sherry, who says she's heard a rumor about Sapphire, and then uh, you know that Sherry's a bit mental, and she ends it. It's a bit. I don't know. Is it racist? I think. Like, I don't think she means it in a racist way, but it certainly yeah. could be misconstrued or construed as definitely racist. I uh, didn't. I didn't initially pick it up as racist. Yeah. But when you said it, because yeah, I, I laughed at it when she said it. Yeah. Like ha. Jesus, Sherry, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, but I, but look, like in like, retrospect, I don't want to, I don't, back in it. Yeah, like I'm not into all this like cancel culture shit. Like I don't think she was trying to be a big. Like it's kind of like the, the, you know, you know the stuff that the Black Lives Matter stuff pointed out. Like it's stuff that you don't realize is actually racist, because you're a white person and don't get it. Like. And especially considering the wider context of this angle that's going to play out. Yeah, the payoff of the angle is is certainly racist. It's incredibly racist. Yeah. (laughs) This bit, Mean Jean goes, she's laughing like cackling. And Mean Jean goes, there's nothing funny about a missing person. And Sherry goes, I said she was missing. I said nothing about her being a person. Uh, okay. Like, okay. like she says it's so deadpan that it's just kind of like oh jesus oh okay yeah she says it like with such just all right sherry all right relax and this is this is the point that this this bit annoys me especially when i'm trying to write notes for it in all the early wf promos where they blatantly have an intermission so they have like excuse me they have like 15 minutes of promos in a row and you're like, fuck off. Um, so we see what is supposed to be bad news, brown sewer rats. But it's blatantly just a very distressed possum. possum. In a, in yeah, a it's head. definitely a possum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not on. And then we see Damien the snake having a shower. <laughs> like, sorry. It might come up on the screen now in a second. Sorry, but it's not It's not a shit snake having a shower. Like, he doesn't it's have snake. He's having like a bottle, bottle of head and shoulders, and he's a pawn on himself. And what, you know, like it's just a snake on a tiled floor, and there's a shower head running. Classic Dale. Classic, classic Dale. What's Dale up to? Dale. <laughs> Still hanging out in that ceiling, I'd say. Yeah, probably. Um, um, then we get a mean gene. Sorry, do you want to say something there about the snake and the shower? It's, well, no, it was actually a very, very weird tangent back to. Sensational Queen Sherry. Yeah. Um, 
did you ever see the TV show version of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe that the BBC made in like the late 80s? I can't say I have, no. no I haven't either. Right. Okay. Well, never mind then. That's exactly what Sensational Sherry reminds me of is the witch in that. So okay. look that up and it may or not made not make sense. I think she actually looks like do you remember um in Impact Wrestling, Jeff Hardy had that alter ego Willow. Willow, yeah, absolutely yeah, she, she looks, looks like, like, that. like that. And she had the mask on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where he got the old inspiration from. Willow! Um, we now get an interview with the big boss man who is a law enforcement officer wearing a confederate flag. So that really fits into today's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I didn't, I didn't spot the confederate no, flag. No, it's just, it's just on a shot. I think it's actually the Georgia flag. It must have been the Georgia flag at the time or something like that. Georgia was one of the southern states, so I suspect that was the case. Um but anyway, it's actually a pretty it's a pretty good interview. He tells us he's not afraid of snakes or anything from the sewer as he's been dealing with those all his life and he promises to make sure justice will prevail. Uh, he's also in much better shape. Absolutely. Yeah, he's lost a good... Like, remember, his belly used to be fucking... Yeah. Enormous. But yeah, it's pretty good. Um, pretty. Uh, Sean Mooney then has the unfortunate job of interviewing Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov. I wish he wouldn't. Uh, yeah, me too, yeah. They go on about how they're best pals now and how great America is. and yeah. Um, so Sean Mooney is blatantly reading off uh, a prompter about how Mr. Fuji is a former tag champ, so that gives the Orient Express an advantage, with, to which Nikolai Volkov replies, Orient Express, ha, we've got the American Spre- Express, and don't leave home without it. And, that's, <laughs> that's, and then you go, oh, that's the, that's, the, that's, the end, that's the end of the promo, lads. You're right, Graham. No, Do you like that? I fucking hated it. I hate. I know, but it, no, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> anyway, sorry, it's got a bit depressed there. Um, and then Mean Gene interviews Earthquake, Dino Bravo, and Jimmy Hart, and I actually thought I'm not going to put it in here because I don't have. Not that we don't have time. It's just there's a lot of putting in these videos. There's a bit of a wreck ahead of us. <laughs> but um, earthquakes. I actually thought earthquakes was very good and very intense. Like even if you look at him, even if you can't, if you look at the promo and you can't hear him talking, he still looks mad intense, bouncing from side to side. Yeah, yeah. And giving it, giving it lows. Like I think, and I thought what he was even saying was good. How he's just gonna crush Hogan and he's gonna. It didn't sound um. What's the word? Cliched or anything? It's, you know, I know he's shouting and he's giving it lows, but he just said, I thought it was very good. And then Bravo and Hart just say the usual. Stick, but I thought Earthquake was very good. What did you think of his promo there? Or did you care? Yeah, I, I didn't think it was terrible. To be honest, yeah. I thought the bouncing around it distracted me from. Mm. I can't remember what he said. It was really distracting to me, to be honest. I feel like it's a tick. I feel like when he's <laughs> doing the promo, he has to do it to, um, you know, like you know the way people will do a thing like to get them going. Like I feel like he and does he that. tries. He he kind of does it in the second one as well. Yeah, and he kind of stops then. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's obviously fucking exhausted. I don't think it's a tick I think it's something that Vince McMahon has told him over and over again that he has to do during every interview and he's like oh yeah I have to do this look at me bouncing this side yeah. side here come the shockwaves oh. I mean, I actually, here's another sorry here's another absolute flashbulb memory <laughs> sorry I've got, are you glad I told you that yeah no I'm going to use it in every episode now because um, I'll probably do have a memory but um Later on, when Earthquake teams with uh, Typhoon and the, the natural disasters, and uh, 
their theme music was literally this I won't say literally, but the sound of an earthquake. Like it was just like and the screen used to like and like I remember seeing them making their entrance and like the screen shaking as if there was an earthquake. It was ridiculous, but it was good like, you know, good fun. It was when he was the typhoon and not the tugster. He wasn't the tugster, no, he was the typhoon, no. The tugster sounds awful. Like what a, what a name for someone. That was the tugster. <laughs> <laughs> and then um <laughs> oh sorry I, uh, I didn't mean to go to that promo there I meant to go to a different promo and that is the Jake the Snake promo um, which is pretty fucking good let's yeah. be honest uh, so we'll, we'll go to that Jake promo now and Damien kind of <laughs> Damien tries, some, he tries to strangle him, him. yeah he nearly <laughs> killed him at one point so we'll go, we'll go to that Jake promo now Seriously, Federation, Jake the Snake Roberts. No, you're Jake, not, it's right, well so. founded that Bad News Brown is afraid of snakes. The question remains, are, are you afraid of sewer rats? You know, my man, they don't call me the snake for nothing. Because Damien and I, we have a lot in common. But how about you, Bad News? You hang around with sewer rats. What does that say about you? But to answer your question, Sean, I'm not afraid of rats. No, because I don't have to be. You see, Damien here is really hungry. Yeah, I know. Bad News says he hasn't fed his rats for weeks. And they must have a voracious appetite. But I, what I want to know, Bad News, is just how hungry are you? Because that's exactly what it's going to come down to. Hunger. And hunger, that Bad News, is what separates a man like me from a mouse like you. Let's go back to ringside. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, talk about the consummate professional. I know, he he's really getting not. strangled by a snake and he still delivers the best promo I've ever heard. Yeah, what a talker that guy is. Oh, yeah, like, it's literally a boa constrictor constricting his airwaves and, he's, and then, like, the tail is, like, right across his nose and he's just, like, what separates a man like me from a mouse like you? I'm just like, ah, Jake, man. What the? Like, so good. So fucking good. Holy, like, holy God. Holy God. <laughs> holy night. So that leads us into match number six, which is Bad News Brown versus Jake the Snake Roberts with the special referee, the Big Boss Man. So this feud began when uh, Roberts sent Brown a birthday present on the April 22nd episode of Wrestling Challenge. Um which was a rubber snake to which uh, Brown was terrified. On the May 5th episode of Superstars, the two men agreed to a match and Brown later stated that his fear of snakes was cured but it was quickly proven wrong when Jake produced Damien. On the July 28th episode of Superstars, a match between Brown and Roberts was scheduled for SummerSlam with the big boss man as the special guest referee and Brown commented that he would bring 200 pounds of sewer rats to counteract Roberts' boa constrictor Damien, which was blatantly just a possum. Anyway... Brown charges Jake in the corner, but Jake sidesteps and immediately goes for the DDT, but Brown scrambles out quickly. Brown takes control after a hip toss, and Jake begins favouring his lower back. Brown argues with the boss man about his counting, allowing Jake to recover and try for the DDT again, but Brown escapes. They brawl outside, where Brown hits Jake in the stomach with a chair, but the boss man doesn't disqualify him, just forces him back into the ring. Brown hit, Brown excuse me, beats down Jake and violently whips him back and forth into the corners. Jake manages to hit a knee lift, then floors Brown with the short arm clothesline, which brings out an eruption of DDT chants from the crowd. 
Brown counters the DDT attempt with a back body drop and things spill outside where Brown once again uses the chair resulting in the big boss man disqualifying him and declaring Jake the winner at 4 minutes 44 seconds. Brown tries to leg drop Damien inside the bag but the boss man makes the save and as they brawl Jake takes Damien out of the bag and chases Brown out of the ring who runs away up the aisle. Like um, a bitch? Uh, yeah, this match wasn't particularly good, was it? Which no. is a common theme with Bad News Brown matches, if I'm honest. No job Brown, as we like to call him. Yeah, no job Brown. Like, I think the best part of this match was the, the, the tease of the leg drop on Damien. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really liked the bit that just happened there where... Uh, Sorry, my hand was right in the camera. Where um, Roberts gets whipped into the corner and then he does the whole like up yours thing as he falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually took those bumps. They were they were pretty violent bumps. They're decent. But um, yeah, I didn't really care for this match. It was just yeah, like using the chair and not getting disqualified, and then it just made I don't I don't know. It just was a bit. Which is another team that's going to really fucking annoy me later on in the show oh there's a match where like disqualifications are just not non-existent like aren't they really who do you think would be in that match oh oh god oh god and yeah no this match was just a bit meh Hmm. i feel like there's been a lot of low points on this card and that's why I can't believe that uh, Dave really hated that two out of three falls tag match because that was a really good match, Dave. Why'd you hate it so much? Why did you hate it? Well, I'm actually beginning to think that Dave hates wrestling, Gren. No, 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 no. That, 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 you hate wrestling. Ah, <laughs> uh, the old switcheroo didn't work. Did you think for a second that I thought you were smashing Dave was axe? Is that what you thought happened there? Well, I was, I was hoping. I was hoping. Does that make you crush? <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> fuck, I'm crushed. Well, how about Jake's hair, though? Would you oh, say yeah. that's a skullet? Yeah, ring your bell there, please. That's that's in. Yeah, Jake's. For an A. Yeah, Jake's selling is pretty good. If I'm gonna give something to this match, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. Jake's selling. Yeah, and obviously his pre-match promo is pretty good. Um, like I would have liked to have just watched that promo and then not watched the match. Yeah, that yeah. would have been great. Yeah, it's just a bit, a bit shit. But um, also the fact that he actually has wheeled out his supposed two hundred pounds of sewer rats happens, and nothing happens. happens. You never see anything. No, you don't even see it. Not tease. that I wanted to see a load of possums running around no, the ring, but like, what was the point of it? it? You don't see anything. It's very, it's, it's, I don't know, a waste of time, isn't it really? Um, but I don't think we have anything more to really add to that, do we? Yeah. No. Okay then. Um, so this is Bad News Brown's last ever WWF match. I presume he will show up in WCW at some stage. No, no, no. He's no. no he quit. Apparently, the rumor is that he also gave Vince McMahon a bit an out dig in the face um, on the way out. Like he quit after this match, like because um, he was apparently like broken promises from Vince McMahon. But you know, what's the cat? Um, he he went on to work all over the world most notably in the shoot style promotion the UWFY in Japan he'd also work in New Japan and the UWA in Mexico Um, 
He retired in 1999, having his final match on the Canadian Indies against the Jackal, a.k.a. Don Callis. Well. So that's who his last oh, match wow. was. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he later died of a heart attack in 2007, age 63. So what, have you, what did you think of Bad News Brown's run, or as you pointed out earlier today, or Derm, no job Brown's run? Like, see, it feels bad to... to... Tell you, tell you how we really feel now. Oh no, because he's deceased. Like, to be fair, <laughs> like I don't think it was all negative. I think, like, some of his kind of shoot style judo stuff, I really enjoyed. Mm. And the ghetto blaster is a great yeah, fucking name yeah, for a finisher, yeah. and it's good finisher yeah. for a finisher that came up in the eighties. Like, and it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, pretty like, good. Bam Bigelow, maybe you'd say, but like, yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think his, I don't know, was it his, like, he didn't have a willingness to lose or what it was, but like, anytime we've seen him in a match where he's not going over, it's just, it's never a clean finish. No, it just yeah, always has to be. Count out or disqualification, isn't it? Yeah, and to be fair to him, his story, from what I've read, has always been that Vince promised him that he was going to be the first black WWF champion yeah. and his didn't like he reneged on that and didn't live up to the promise and that's why he left Vince of course would always say he only promises people opportunities doesn't promise them a title yeah. run so but I think like he was certainly protected enough to get a title shot yeah yeah but was he over enough to get one though <laughs> I don't know like I don't think he was, if I'm honest. I wouldn't. He was over enough as a heel. Yeah, it's it's hard to look back up, but the crowd reactions don't like. He's not the most hated heel on the card. Like he gets he gets a reaction, but like it's not outrageous heater. He's definitely not the most hated heel on the card. There's there's definitely much more people who get much worse reactions than him. Like whereas like Jake is one of the most beloved faces, and you're attacking Jake, and you're still not getting that much. Still not getting that heat. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I think his That's promos, an excellent point. His promos was probably his, like the fact was he was a legitimate tough motherfucker. Yeah. So like obviously he wanted to let his actions speak louder than his words, but in the cartoon world of nineteen ninety WF you have to be a bit of a character. Do you know what I mean? Rather than an actual legitimate tough bastard like In saying that though, he did give us the, the lovely tidbit that'll be it'll be good news for bad news. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a, it'll be good news for bad news. So uh, yeah, that's the um, that's the end of our old bad news. Uh, we get a backstage interview then where Mean Gene interviews Demolition, and this one is even worse than the first one. It's so scripted, like you, you could even hit, see the beats between the lines. Like Axe says something, and then um, Smash says something. Smash and crushes is the worst. Like I think Smash <laughs> says, Smash says, Hawk. You'll be hawking hot dogs in the stands, and then Gene like immediately like puts the microphone to crush. He's like, "An animal, you'll be neutered." <laughs> so, <sighs> the only thing I did like is that, like they said that uh, Legion of Doom were a cheap knockoff of them. Yeah. When, like obviously the comparison so, is being made that they're the cheap knockoff of Legion of Doom. I thought that was a pretty good heel line, but other yeah. than that, it's a terrible promo. Yeah, it's not great. Like it's really. It's it's blatantly scripted. Like it's just so, you know, 
they definitely practiced it or had it written down somewhere, which is, you know, shit. <laughs> I, know, I know that's how WWE works these days, but that's why it's, that's why I can't stand watching promos on yeah. their programs anymore. I like certain um, people he actually enjoy promos from, and they're the ones who you know yeah, are just giving it. talking points. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so now we get a Brother Love segment, and I hate Bruce Pritchard, so... You know what? I, I hate Bruce Pritchard as well, but yeah. I do enjoy Brother Love. Yeah, it's alright. I was I actually saw a thing. I don't know who it's. I think Nova said it, or Simon Dean. If you saw him in the WWE, Simon Dean. Um, I think he did, but it's, it might have been attributed to a number of people. But because another way, Brother Loves or Doc, or Bruce Pritchard's brother is Doctor Tom Pritchard, the wrestler. Yeah. And he did a lot. Of, he worked in the developmental territory for a while for WWE. And I think a few people have said it, and I, they basically go, uh, I'd take a bullet for Tom, and I'd put a bullet in Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I think that says it all, really, doesn't it? It's like, who's the sound one and who's not? Like, <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, so this is this is to bring Sergeant Slaughter back into the WF. Uh, I won't give I won't give a I won't give a, like a profile on Sergeant Slaughter until we see him in an actual match, but. Um, it's his first time. He did have a match in '86, but his actual last run in the WWF was in '84, and they they now have him as a heel, as an Iraqi sympathizer. Um, oh shit! You know, and it, he's more. I think it is so. It's not. He's not done in the way of like he wants Iraq to win the war. I think it's done. Like he doesn't want them to kill Americans. He just wants it more to be like he thinks Iraq are doing the right thing by invading Kuwait because they, you know. Cause they can or something, you know. What I mean? It's it's like he's he says like he does say America's Iraq, weak. Yeah, um, he says like they gave Nikolai Volkov an American citizenship, so it shows they'll accept anybody, and that's weakness. Like, um, it is very like I think I think genuinely, if you cut a promo like this today, he's at risk of being killed. Like, absolutely, being murdered. Well, he did get like a good few death threats here as well, so. Are you sure? Well, even if you are you sure you're the, not just a mark pointing into the reason why it wasn't in a hundred thousand seater stadium there, Dan? The the crowd the crowd reaction here is like he gets a he gets a fucking shitload of heat, but like, yeah, it's it's not like overpowering the mic as you could potentially have. Gotten yeah, like, like we have, like, like we have seen in the past with heat. You know what I mean? Yeah, but as we said. This is three weeks, is it, after Iraq invaded Kuwait? Yeah, like, like I said, in half my history, they literally just they. I don't know. Yeah. If even, I don't know if America had even joined. America them. hasn't got involved yet. Yeah. So yeah, true, his true. gimmick is gonna get him a lot more heat as things go on. Like as we'll Appar- see. Apparently, he really didn't like. He wasn't comfortable doing it. Like, yeah, which is fair which enough. Is fair enough. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially if you are patriotic. Like, you don't want to. You know what I mean? But. uh Jesus, dangerous! Like fair play to him. Very for dangerous. Like maybe I, I don't know. I'm gonna actually Google it here because it, he was actually a character in the uh, GI Joe cartoon. So like, could surely turn and heal would. Uh, would Realm make was him... merchandising. Unless he started working for Cobra. Oh. <laughs> Cobra slaughter. Uh, Cobra slaughter. Do you know what I think was the most uh, heelish thing that Brother Love did in this whole thing? What? He kept calling him Brother Sergeant. Oh, Brother, Brother Sergeant. Slaughter. <laughs> oh. Like, it's... It, it's... 
It doesn't it's make two titles. Sense. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> Brother, yeah, it's like it's like calling someone father priest, isn't it? Like oh. Oh, brother, it's hard. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's after you have to piss me off there. Yeah. Oh, it was brother love pissed you off, not me. Oh man. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking up the uh, Sergeant Slaughter character. While you're doing that, I'm going to go. Oh, oh look at Cam. Oh, so what I'm reading here is, this is what it says. Oh, that is lovely. Um, Hasbro, the maker of G.I. Joe toy. So from 1985 to 1989, there were new Sergeant Slaughter action figures every year. Then Hasbro discontinued production because of the new storyline featuring Slaughter as a bad guy, as an Iraqi sympathizer. Surely that lost him money. Yeah. I didn't get Iraqi sympathizer from that. From his promo, anyway, that's for sure. Well, it does get worse, like, when he does it, started, yeah. they bring They bring Cheeky Baby back in, and they change his character to, like, uh, Colonel Mustafa. Yeah. He, he's Is he actually, actually called Colonel Mustafa? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Cheeky Baby's Iranian, isn't he? But they, they bill him as an Iraqi. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, because, you know, they can't tell the difference, because, you know, they're fucking assholes. And well, if they, they can't tell the d- difference between Hawaii and Japan, like, they, yeah, they can't yeah, tell exactly. the difference between Iraq and Iran. Yeah, exactly. They can't tell the difference between one of their literal states and... Uh, you know, Asia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's a, look, it's a, excuse me, as much as like, I don't really like the over Americanization of everything. I think it's, it's a uh, risky in a, in a good way, like to do a, a heel like that. I think like we all know who the real American hero is going to be and is, but like, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I, well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, I think it's 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 almost kind of um, how would you put it? Uh, precursor to the attitude error. Mm. Like you're really touching on um, some mad shit. Sorry, that just reminded me of the 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 dodgiest promo I ever heard in my life, and it was in. It was in, I think it was Smoky Mountain Wrestling in like '94, and Jim Cornette told New Jack, I think it's '94, maybe '95, to just go out there and piss piss white people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you know the promo? Oh, you know what? Yeah. When you said when when you were starting the story, yeah. I was like, I, I wonder if it's the New Jack one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for any viewers or listeners who don't know, he basically. Went out, and this is around the time of the OJ Simpson stuff. And he goes, "Shout out to my brother OJ." Two, what did he say? Did he say something like two more we don't have to worry about, or two down more to go?" Something, basically, he's applauding OJ Simpson for murdering two white people, as his promo. So like, fucking hell. <laughs> That's dodgy shit. Like that is yeah, the, yeah, big that, time. Jesus. Anyway, I think we'll move on. I think we'll move on. Yeah. Um, so Sean Mooney's backstage and interviews Mr. Fuji and the Orient Express. Uh, Mr. Fuji's quite funny, I think. He, he starts with... He's obviously speak, Even though he's from... Like we said, Hawaii. He's speaking in broken English. Um, and he's kind of just... He's basically slagging Jim Duggan. He's like, you have one cross-eye. We, when we're done with you, you have two cross-eye. <laughs> Uh, and he says, well, are we going to kick uh, Nikolai Volkov in the head? And when we're done, 
he's going to have red mark on his right forehead. This, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is the way he actually speaks. He's actually, yeah, he's not, not Japanese, racist, like, he's, he's Hawaiian. Not Japanese. He's doing this racist impersonation of a Japanese person. We're just doing an impersonation of his impersonation. Just before anybody, you know. Yeah, well said, Graham. Well, yeah, yeah, need, you know, important you need to, cover, to point that out. You, you need to cover your arse in 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're cut off mid-interview. Uh, mean Jane tries to interview Sapphire, but she shuts the door in his face. So this match is the Orient Express. Sato and Tanaka versus Hacksaw, Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov. There's no real background to the match itself. Nikolai torn face, basically, which I think is pretty cool. So his birthplace, Croatia which was part of Yugoslavia when he was born and up until this point. And then it's essentially seceding from the USSR, which would not exist by the end of the year. Soviet Union would be... So basically, because the Soviet Union was being disassembled, dissolved, they turned up face and basically they had Hacksaw Jim Duggan give him an American flag and he'd be accepted as an American citizen, which I think is actually... That is pretty kind cool. Of cool like, yeah. yeah. Um but the, re- the whole reason for this match is literally the fact that the Orient Express aren't American. Um, and they they love America, so that's kind of it, like, you know. Um, so Dugan and Volkov sing God Bless America, although Volkov sings and Hacksaw Jim Dugan just shouts it. It's awful. Um, so the Express jump the faces, but they end up on the wrong end of some stereo atomic drops. The Express quickly take control, double team and Volkov with strikes, and Fuji even gets shots in with his cane. Tanaka misses a splash and Volkov tags in Duggan. Hacksaw unloads a barrage of punches and clotheslines. The face whip the heels into each other and then Duggan hits Tanaka with a massive running clothesline and a big splash to get the three count at three minutes and 22 seconds. Pretty quick one there. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, I think this is Hacksaw Jim Duggan's best match. <laughs> I, you know what I would outside, agree with you outside of a Survivor Series match that he was probably in with like a Hogan or someone like that or a Macho Man I think this is his best match like I would agree with you and you know what I laughed when, yeah. when they were singing yeah I, I, I got a giggle out of it like I'm not, he's not throwing face on my life if that makes sense I still hate him no yeah but absolutely agreed I <laughs> but I will say that he, it, I, I'm glad to see a clean pinfall finish and no 2 by 4 used and just it was stupidity, but I think the crowd ate it up. Like when he was doing this stupid, he was doing like a crisscross punch on both members of the Orient Express, and uh, the crowd ate ate it up like out of his hand. You know what I mean? It was pretty good. Uh, no, it wasn't pretty good. Sorry, it got a pretty good reaction. Is what I mean? Yeah. I mean, as as Hacksaw Jim Duggan goes, I'd say he's probably in the best shape we've ever seen him as well. Yeah, he looks decent, and he's he. Are all the boys bleaching their hair, or have they been in the sun, or what's going on? Because like, his hair's a lot blonder now as well, isn't it? And it's summer, baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, like, is it, is it a mullet? Yeah. Ah, uh, well, okay. Well, then, that's in my And what about Tanaka? Tanaka's is definitely a mullet. Tanaka's definitely a mullet. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 11 members of the mullet club so soon. Mm, mm. Ooh, it's a good count. Yeah. And the mullet club is for life. Well, until you get your hair cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh. You know what? I actually forgot for a second there that the name mullet club is... A play on bullet a play, club. A play on bullet club. Yeah. That's how long we've been doing this. No, <laughs> yeah, like bullet club was still cool when we started that. Yeah. yeah. 
It's only getting cool again because of its crossover appeal now. And we're only at 1990. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so backstage, Mean Jean is with Dusty Rhodes as, outside Sapphire's dressing room. She won't open the door. And I'm going to be honest, I'm sick of this storyline now. It's been, they've been cutting it in between nearly every match. And I actually don't give a shit what Sapphire is up to. Like, I don't care now. No. That's me personally. Whatever you're into, you're into. Um, and then we see Sean Mooney perched atop a ladder. <laughs> interviewing Randy Savage on his throne and it's a it's a solid interview but it's not the I feel like it's not a usual Macho Man interview he's just he's crazy but he doesn't seem as crazy and I thought this was, this was what I watched this is what I was watching earlier on when I sent you guys a message saying yeah. Macho Man is the best yeah he's dead like that was it like I was like okay this is by far the best the it's best interview I've seen the entire night yeah. oh my god like I, I recommend anyone watching just look this one up because I don't I don't have it on hand to excuse me immediately play for you but Wait, it's very good. It's very good. Um, I know he's he's dead. And I love that he's on the throne. He's like, let's go out there and let's uh, have. The... So this is match so, num- number eight, and it is uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes versus the Macho King, Randy Savage. So at the nineteen ninety Royal Rumble, Sensational Sherry appeared on the Brother Love segment, and Brother Love discussed the definition of a lady using Sherry as an example, and then he discussed peasants bringing out Sapphire as an example. And I think at the time we also called that segment borderline racist as well because it felt mm. like they were basically just saying because she was a black woman she was lesser than Sherry Absolutely. that's what it felt to me anyway I don't know mm. um, yeah I mean he was, was, it, it was also taste, like, like. he was also probably fat shaming her but he was fat shaming her as well wasn't he yeah, yeah. there was a bit of uh, a racist undertone as well yeah there definitely was um, so Sherry and Sapphire fought and Savage and Rose came out and defended their valets and then Rhodes and Sapphire faced Savage and Sherry in a mixed tag match at WrestleMania 6, which Rhodes and Sapphire won with some assistance from the lovely Miss Elizabeth. Um, and then for SummerSlam, individual matches were booked. So we obviously saw that Sherry won by forfeit earlier. And then meanwhile, Sapphire has been receiving gifts from an anonymous benefactor. Who is it? It's blatantly obvious who it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder. Yeah, who's rich in the WWF? Vince. Uh, <laughs> is it Vince? <laughs> So before the bell rings, Ted DiBiase appears on the stage by the entrance and announces his most his most recent purchase. <laughs> Sapphire. Yes. So she comes out in a dress, a four coat, diamond necklace, all that jazz, carrying a WWF branded duffel bag full of money. Oh, I love the duffel bag. They're not just give her like a leather bag or a no, no. And, um, what does I, I really felt the this, idea please. that he calls her his latest purchase. I felt un- like. Why do you own two black people now? Why do you... Uh, like, oh, I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Like, the, all the people that you've bought are all black, like. That really is really wrong, like. For, he has Virgil, his man, who he calls his manservant. And then he says, my latest purchase, Sapphire. It's just really not on. It's not on, Ted. It's not on. They do, they do try to kind of I, I, well, I don't know whether it's intentional but they do try and kind of wangle out with the fact that because he says I can buy anyone or anything mm. and he says the thing that I have bought is I, I can't remember exactly oh your says, soul but, or your heart or something like or that. yeah or your yeah. your dream he talks about the American dream he yeah, says that's yeah. what I bought and and so they kind of wangle but it's it's very very difficult to argue with the uh, with the visuals of the whole thing yeah and what it's, really kind of fucking grinds my gears is how sapphire came out like i was thinking to myself like okay you know any any fucking regular person okay and wrestling like 
if you sold if you sold your soul, mm. you know, um, and you know you're being paraded as that, you probably wouldn't be fucking grinning ear ear to ear like Sapphire was. She comes out in her coat and her big double yeah. bag full of cash. <laughs> <laughs> She's like super happy. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> probably not the worst thing in the world. I just felt this was a really bad uh, heel turn. Sapphire's heel turn. I just yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't sit. Not, and excluding the the racial and the weird, you know, slavery overtones or undertones, whatever you want to call it. I just felt she didn't seem like, the, like when we watched her at WrestleMania six, and they had that mixed tag match was a bit of crack. Like that was fun. Yeah, yeah and she, she was, was like dancing and all. Bubbly. She, remember, she was, remember she was like bouncing them around with her arse, like. Remember she was crying like she kept like bouncing her <laughs> ass off people and Macho Man had bumped for her and all, and now she's yeah now it's like. Ah, but yeah, now I'm a heel. It's just I just didn't feel it worked. Like, no, I don't know. That's me. That's me personally. But um, I'd agree with you. Yeah, we'll get to the match anyway. So Rose leaves the ring to go after DiBiase, but Savage jumps him from behind and throws him back in the ring and begins choking him. Sherry gets in some shots while the ref is distracted, and Rhodes fights back with punches and elbows and sends Savage outside with a big drop kick, which is fairly impressive. Uh, Sherry hands Savage something and distracts Rhodes by jumping in the ring herself. Rhodes goes after her, allowing Savage to hit him from behind with Sherry's loaded purse and pins Rhodes at 2 minutes and 15 seconds. So I watched about 67 promos and backstage interviews for a 2 minute match. Yeah, I, I agree. <sighs> Horrible payoff. This is Randy Savage's worst match on pay-per-view we've ever seen, I think. I'm going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's in no way his fault or Dusty's fault. It's no, just the booking. Like, it's so weird. Like, like why were they only given two minutes? Did something go over like earlier on? The only other long match was the two out of three falls match, but the rest are all. No, but that was like what 12, 13 minutes. It was like yeah. fourteen minutes, and every other match is every other Dead match short. is like five minutes. Yeah. Say so the average is like four or five minutes for all the other matches. Yeah, I don't know. Like this is one of those matches where you see Dusty Rhodes, Macho Man on paper, and it's like, do you know? Yeah, I else, can't wait to see this. Do you know what else I, re- I noticed? Like there were there wasn't much reactions. Like, yeah, well, Dusty drop kicks Savage out of the ring, and Savage takes his big bump outside, and people weren't going as crazy as they were for like when. Jake did the short arm clothesline, or when like the Heart Foundation, you know, hit the heart. They weren't them. Um, it just didn't seem like the crowd were as into it as they were like other things, other faces on the card. Yeah, but that's because you have these two unbelievable wrestlers, and you put them in this shit storyline with fucking Sapphire and the Million Dollar Man, and just just let them wrestle. Like, yeah, 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 like. There's a very clear heel and face dynamic that doesn't need all the rest mm. of the bullshit around it. Like, and like when the Macho Man comes out, like this is the Macho Man's best ever look. Like, this definitely, is, yeah. Uh, like what I think of when I think of the Macho Man, even though his gold throne is a little bit shit looking. Yeah, it's not as good as his other ones he's had previously, but um... but like, like the 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 hat and the glasses and the yeah, rock, yeah, everything sure. like it's. He looks unbelievable. But I think he, even just... like even the fact like their gimmicks, right? He's the macho king, so he's yeah. on, and he's on a throne. And then the American Dream is like blue collar working class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think they could have done the Sapphire Hill turn later on so that they could start the Dusty Rhodes and Ted DiBiase feud. But I think they should have let this one end first before yeah. starting yeah. that one so they could have had a good match without the distractions. Like, Yeah. I don't know. It's very bizarre. It's weird and disappointing. But... Weird and disappointing. But, like most uh, of this pay-per-view. But not like this. Sorry, that was creepy. Um, well, I held like a wolf. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're all lovely now. We're all we're lovely, lovely now. now. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to be said about Dusty Rhodes hair? Like, I mean, it is uh, short on top and long at the back. Fucking pushing buttons. You're man. pushing that now. Yeah. That is the longest it's ever been at the back, though. That's all I'm saying. If he's ever going to be in the Mullet Club, this is his one chance. Where? I'm going to say, you know what? I'm sold. I'm going to say yes. No. No. I'm still out, I'm no. still out okay. over two to one, so what can I do? That's, how the, that's the rules of the Mullet Club, isn't it? I just want to hear that bell. Okay, come on, ring it down. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so backstage, Virgil, Sapphire, and Ted DiBiase get into his limo, and Dusty tries to give chase, but they... Uh, but he is very they, slow. He's slow, and they drive off before he can do anything. Yeah. And then, um, then we go backstage where uh, Mean Gene interviews Hulk Hogan and the Big Boss Man. And Darren, I believe you wanted this promo to be included, so we're going to include it now. Is that okay? That's okay. All right, we're going to play it now. Gentlemen, the immortal Hulk Hogan, and in his corner announced just a few days ago, the big boss man. Here we go, Hulkster. You know something, Earthquake? I remember what it felt like to be underneath your massive frame as you came crashing down on my ribcage. And I also remember you, Dino Bravo, and Jimmy Hart laughing out loud as they rolled me out in that stretcher, man. I remember the tears in the eyes of all my little Hulksters, wondering if this was really the end of Hulkamania. But most of all, I remember the outpouring of all my Hulkamaniacs, all their cards, man, all their letters, and thank God for all their prayers. And I also remember the man who was leading the charge of all my Hulkamaniacs, the big bad tugboat. You know something, Earthquake? The memory is still fresh in my mind of you and Dino Bravo double-teaming the tugboat, making sure he wouldn't be in my corner here at SummerSlam. And that's why we're dedicating this match tonight to the Tugster. And it's also why your plan's not going to work, Earthquake. Because I'm not going into the ring on my own tonight. I've got the big boss man on my side, making sure that justice will be served. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Earthquake. Dino Bravo, Jimmy Hart, this is Philadelphia, where many other rats out of people were first formulated. But the only rats you three are entitled to are the right to be beaten into silence. The right to have millions of fans present during that beating. And the right to a swift and impartial trial with Justice Judge Hogan presiding. Ah, big boss man, I can tell you your founding fathers would be mighty proud. You know something, that's right, Mean Gene. Another chapter in American history will be written tonight. And just as Thomas Bossman Jefferson stood at the side of George Washington Hogan as I chopped down the cherry tree with the 24-inch pythons, we'll chop 
you down, Earthquake, and the Hulkster never tells a lie. So what you gonna do when the Hulkster and the Big Boss Man pass their constitutional rights on to you? I can hardly wait for this one, Vince. Let's get back to you. Wow. So who did you feel? Darren, what was it about that promo that really tickled your pickle? Well, I mean, it started off as your your average Hulk Hogan promo, what you gonna do, all the usual mm. stuff. Bullshit. And then the big boss man decides to talk, and he decides to talk about the three rights that he's gonna ask you to have. And Where's Dave gone? Dave doesn't have the right to be in here right now. You keep talking, Dave will come back. Okay, so so the first right is the right to be beaten into silence. The second right that, is sorry, the right to have million... That sounds like the opposite of a right. If yeah. But okay. second, second right was to have millions of people watch you get beaten into silence. And honestly, after that, I think I just couldn't stop laughing, so I missed what the third right was. But in the current climate, the right to be beaten into silence, that's that's an interesting right for yeah, the it is. man to bring up. Dave's back. Hello, David. Well, it's about that. I don't know anyway. what <clears throat> How do you feel about the right to be beaten into silence, Dave? Yeah, it's... it's a, Especially from a man wearing a, a Confederate flag on his uh, on his on shoulder. shoulder yeah. And then, then Mean Gene says the uh, founding fathers would be proud of you for that. And you know, like it, it's easy to to look back, especially in today's like oh, yeah. today's lens, and look back on that. Yeah. But at the same time, in nineteen ninety, was beating people into silence okay? No, absolutely not. And be, be, you know, what was it? Uh, a right to a, a swift and just trial oh, by, that's by Justice yeah. Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I mean, that kind of that kind of glance flew over my head. I didn't really cop the whole. You have a right to be beaten into silence. That that sounds like you have a right to hold no rights. Like that just sounds mental. It's actually that's actually just fucking hell. Yeah. But other than that, it was a pretty standard oh, yeah, yeah. Hogan yeah, promo. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Coke Hogan promo? Mm. Hogan. Hogan. Hold on. Oh, oh, here's an earthquake for you. Oh, oh, oh! I felt that one all the way over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. That was a, Good. a mm. 1.2 so. on the, 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 the counter scale. So, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I, try, I tried to... Yeah, okay. I tried. I tried. I'm sorry. Please don't try anymore. <laughs> Maybe you should leave again. <laughs> this is my Zoom call, all right? <laughs> and we just talk, though, as much as we don't like Hogan, this entrance and this camera shot is fairly iconic. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's the, like, the one that runs oh, up yeah. it. Runs up it. Like, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so match number nine, our penultimate match, it's billed as a double main event because Hogan has to be in the main event, even though he's not in the main event. Um, is Earthquake versus Hulk Hogan. So on the May 26th episode of Superstars, Hulk Hogan was being interviewed on the Brother Love Show 
when he was attacked by earthquake from behind with a chair before being hit with an earthquake splash. So Hogan was taken from the stage on a stretcher and he didn't appear on WF television for almost two months as they teased his possible retirement and they urged fans to send letters and cards in to convince Hogan otherwise. On the July 14th episode of Superstars, Hogan revealed that he would return to the ring against Earthquake at SummerSlam and that his friend Tugboat would be in his corner, the Tugster. Oh yeah, the Tugster. Uh, so, however, Tugboat was attacked by Earthquake and Dino Bravo. Sorry, I'm very gassy after that lovely cat. On the August 18th episode of Superstars and received two Earthquake splashes before being rescued by the Big Boss Man. His injuries prevented him from appearing at SummerSlam so the Big Boss Man was announced as his replacement. That's kayfabe. In reality, the story is that Tugboat had been acting the big swinging Mickey backstage and uh, had been boasting because he was in all these angles with Hogan, saving Hogan from Bravo and shit like this. So basically, Vince punished him by uh, nixing him and telling him to fuck off. What had he been acting? The big swinging Mickey. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did you think I said? <laughs> Nothing. That's exactly what I thought. All right, yeah. He just wants to hear you say it again. <laughs> Uh, sorry, the for big swing and Mickey. For anyone non Irish who's watching or listening to this, a Mickey is a penis. So he'd been acting the big dick, basically, like he was Billy Big Dick. Billy Big Boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so Hogan comes out and spits in Earthquake's face because he's such a baby face role model, you know yourself. Um, and Piper on. Here's something that I took down that would not fly today. Piper on commentary says. You know how so-so girls hang around with big fat girls to make themselves look better? That's why Dino Bravo hangs around with Earthquake. <laughs> it's true. It, it says true. something yeah. about Arabs in this match as well. Oh, he, do, he, he says... No, it's not this match. Maybe it's not. It's Bad News Brown. He says, Bad News Brown's head is so oily that Arabs are coming after it. That's what no. he says, yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my fucking god! 1990 was a bad time. Wasn't lads. It? What a what a time. <laughs> anyway, Earthquake shows he's the stronger man, throwing Hogan to the mat repeatedly, forcing Hogan to slip outside to regroup with the boss man. Earthquake attacks Hogan's body, but Hogan fires back, unleashing clotheslines and punches. However, Earthquake stays on his feet. Hogan then hits a big wind-up punch, which knocks Earthquake on his arse. Earthquake rolls out while Hogan flattens Bravo and Jimmy Hart. Everyone begins brawling outside, including the boss man hitting an earthquake in front of the referee, but there's no consequences. Back in the ring, Hogan and boss man hit double big boots to both Bravo and Earthquake, and again there's no disqualifications. Earthquake and Bravo hit Hogan with a double body slam while the ref is getting boss man out of the ring. Earthquake attacks Hogan's body again and sinks in a deep Boston Crab, which I liked to see, that was pretty cool. Uh, Hogan screams in pain but eventually makes the ropes. The Hulkster fires up and tries a body slam, but falls back giving Earthquake a two count, so he takes him on top of him. Earthquake slaps on a bear hug, which is fucking boring as always. Hogan fights out and hits a cross body, but he's caught in midair and hit with a power slam that gets a two. Hogan kicks it, then kicks out of two Earthquake splashes. He hooks up, hits three punches on the big boot, but Earthquake stays standing. Hogan body slams him to a big pop and then hits the leg drop, but Dino Bravo distracts the ref while Jimmy Hart jumps on Hogan. Hogan throws hard at Earthquake and everyone spills outside. The Hulkster slams Earthquake on a table which falls over and then Hogan jumps back in the ring to win the match by countout at 13 minutes and 16 seconds. After the bell, Earthquake attacks Hogan and puts him in a chokehold and it takes Bossman three massive stiff clatters from a stepladder to break the hold 
and Hogan does his unnecessarily long celebration afterwards. Darren. Oh, okay. How do you feel? I'm gonna I'm gonna say there were certain things about this match that I liked. Yeah. There were certain things about it that I hated. So from you saying earlier on that they had like sold loads of tickets for these shows after SummerSlam yeah. with Hogan and Earthquake headlining, yeah. it makes sense from that point of view that they were going to have a non-finish because this was the house show yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. they were going to keep going yeah, with. Yeah. So from that sense, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think Hogan has leaned out a lot since we saw him last and he looks yeah. really good. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the Earthquake... For the size of him, he's he's taller than I remember. He's not yeah, he's just a big fat lad, he's real big as well. And he's quite athletic. I like the way he sells as a big man, doesn't go down really easily. Uh, but then there's also some stuff about this match that I really fucking hated. Like the boss man blatantly interfering in front of the ref and no disqualification. Double team moves galore on the earthquake and no disqualification. What's going on? Ref, what are you doing? Um, looking right at them. Looking right yeah, at no, them. literally looking at them going, oh, that's gas, isn't it? Look at you. Two lads beating them up there. No DQ. Even though this match is going to end as a DQ. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I mean, like, there was a few good points to it. And on the card, it was definitely not the least entertaining thing that we've seen. No, but there was just no. yeah, a agreed, lot of agreed. stupid logic apps that just... Typical Hogan stuff, but not the worst thing on the card. No. Dave. Um, I, I'd, I'd agree. Oh, Dave. Okay, Dave can go. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to to Dave. Okay, no, he's okay, I'll throw him to me. I'll catch yeah, it. Catch it. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I felt like this was... Um, it told a good story, I thought. But it, it's a story that we've seen and heard a million times over. Yeah. Um, you know, Hogan overcoming insurmountable odds. Like, I, you could, I, I think it went on a little bit too long. I think their time could have been given to some other matches throughout the card. Um, but it was, you know, Hogan, like I said, Hogan overcoming insurmountable odds and, you know, eventually, essentially coming up top. You know, um, I, I thought that the finish was a little taken into into account the fact that I wasn't aware that 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 they were trying to sell um, tickets to house shows. Um, I thought the finish was fucking very strange. Why Hogan was so quick to take a win as a countout mm. um, versus you know as a babyface he wants to try and actually beat your opponent. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, those chair, those fucking shots with the step ladder. I have a, I have a. In unholy respect for fucking for earthquake after that, Jesus fucking Christ, the speed at which those welts popped up, the, on his yeah. Back. And he just he didn't, he and didn't even when he dropped out, he just, no, sold nothing, like, yeah, sold nothing. I have never seen anything like that in my life. I, um, and what else? Let me think. Um, because Derm, you made like I, I agree with every single every single point you, you've made. Um, can't think of anything else right now. Uh, Just... I'm going to throw it to Graham. Oh, hello. Got it. Uh... <laughs> Did you uh, catch the rock? I caught, I caught the rock. Not the rock. Cause... The football. Yes, the rock. Um, things I liked, I, did, I, I think Earthquake is great. 
and I would like to. I would have liked to seen him do a bit more. Maybe even, like maybe even B Hogan, but that's never going to happen. Um, I think I really like seeing a Boston Crab. Yeah. You know, we don't. Like, yeah. A lot of these matches, you know, it's nineteen ninety. You don't see a lot of variety in move sets, but I liked. I liked seeing it being cinched in. Like it was. It's better than just. What a lot of them big men do is just a chin lock or like you know a nerve hold on the trap, whereas he put on an actual submission hold. Like, do you know what I mean? And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I thought, uh, I like 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 you said, Dave. It is something we've seen a million times over with Hogan's feuds. But I thought the addition of a corner made it seem like Hogan. It actually like obviously that's the sell the idea but it made it seem like Hogan might actually lose because he needs to bring someone he need, the reason he needs to bring Tugboat now is but he, like, he, he doesn't feel like he can beat them on his own do you know what I mean and I thought that was kind of like a cool little aspect um, and I thought I thought Earthquake got a decent amount of offence in absolutely Hogan, he did Hogan's yeah. a fucking greedy cunt but uh, <laughs> like and obviously the things I don't like are the things you don't like as well which is the uh, kicking Elvis finisher twice uh, it's awful and no terrible sense. yeah like Hogan always does like. although sorry to cut across your ground yeah, I yeah. do like the fact that Hogan hit the leg drop um, and it was interrupted wasn't it yeah, yeah well a distraction and then an interruption yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Earthquake got up pretty much straight away yeah he did and you up. like you wouldn't notice that as a you know as someone who would have been there or whatever and it yeah. was purely just set up the next spot but I was like yeah fuck yeah yeah you, you didn't you didn't stay down like it was it was like it was a death yeah. sentence like yeah, yeah. Um. So, I think, I think this is like the opposite of Mister Perfect versus Kerry Von Eric. Because on paper, when I see Mister Perfect versus Kerry Von Eric, I'm like, this could be a barn burner, and it turned out to be sludge. And then when on paper, when I see Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake, I'm like, this is going to be absolutely terrible. And I won't say it's you know fucking the best match ever in the history of the planet, but like. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate myself for watching it. Like I was like, yeah, there was a lot of shit in there that was stupid, but it was still entertaining, I suppose. And the fans ate it up. So I think, I think we've talked. Yeah, we've talked about extremes tonight. We've talked about the worst Mister Perfect match, the worst um, Savage and yeah, uh, and Dusty Rhodes. Potentially be the best. Would we say it's the best Hogan match? I think Hogan versus Warrior is the best. Yeah, personally. Hogan versus Warrior was very good. Yeah. If we're going to talk about Hogan versus an actual heel, though, it, yeah, it could possibly up be up there. Yeah. All right, whatever. Fuck you. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, one point I wanted to say when you were talking about the Boston Crab, and yeah. I think we've talked about this before, that like obviously tapping out wasn't a thing back yeah. then. But just the visual of when he puts the Boston Crab on and you just see Hogan tapping the mat immediately. I was just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, and that's just not a thing. It's not a thing, but... <laughs> it's funny you mention that because uh, obviously rope breaks are a thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. And he's... What took me out of that particular piece was that he's there and he's fucking riding in agony and he's going, it's going for a good 30 to 45 seconds and then he just goes, oh, boom! And reaches the leg and grabs like, the rope. Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like, a, like nowadays if Jericho puts on the walls of Jericho, you crawl. Like, you have to crawl to it. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, actually move it, from where he's lying. It's been within just, reach the entire time. He just grabs it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but he wanted to prove he was a good wrestler and reverse his way out of it first. Yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough then. Um, no, he didn't. I'm... I, I know, but I thought I was actually thinking that I was actually I was an, almost about to explode because I thought he was going to kick it, like kick Earthquake off. You know what I mean? By straightening his legs and Earthquake, you take a bump, but no, it's grand. Oh, uh, what was the idea behind him ripping Earl Hebner's shirt? I didn't really get I that. I don't know if that was a rib. Do you think it might have just been to take the piss over it? Like to... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, I don't know. If it was, was no... it makes it all the better, in my opinion. Because <laughs> it didn't really serve any point in the match. Well, I was th- what that. I was thinking was he'd, he'd rip a bit off and maybe someone would use it to choke someone. It was, you know, like a strand of material. Like yeah. yeah. Someone. I thought that might have been a... A, like a, there might have been a DQ finish or there might have been something that happened but no it, was, it just seems like he, he just ripped his shirt for a laugh like yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> okay so um, no, I've not, I don't know yeah. <laughs> do we have any do we have any skullets in this match uh, both of the boys yeah Hogan's uh, yeah, is a skull and, uh, uh, and Earthquake Earthquake is, is absolutely a skull uh, Earthquake was the one have, I we, have, we call, have we called Jimmy Hart yet? Jimmy Hart so that's three three of them in this match alone have we counted Jimmy? I don't think no, we, no, I don't we, think we have no, no. Okay. and again <laughs> like being an ass <laughs> pay attention you little shits <laughs> You know what, lads? We're up to 15. That's pretty good, isn't that's it? Pretty good, that's pretty yeah, good. I think yeah. that's our record. Like 21, is it? 21. Yeah, I think yeah. 21 is the record, yeah. I mean, we're not going to break any records, but it's a respectable number in Absolutely. 1990. Indeed. Number. Indeed. So we um we then head backstage. Sorry, I'm actually going to just put those... Uh... Where are they? Where are they? Fucking clatter? I'm going to just put these on the screen now. Look at these chair shots. I know, I know anyone watching the video can't hear the sound, but look how hard these shots are with the stepladder. And Earthquake just does not move an inch. Doesn't, and he's, he's also holding a 280-pound man up. I know Hogan's helping, but Jesus Christ. I have a lot more respect for, for Earthquake now. Oh, big time. Jesus. Agreed. Yeah. Um, where are we? I'm trying to, oh, I'm trying to fast forward, and it's just Hogan... Sorry, I'm going to go back here. See this little chicken pose that he does where he calls Earthquake a chicken? This is where... <laughs> I w- okay, it's not there. Just Let's see this again. No, I don't know if we're going to see... Are we going to see it? No, we're not. But anyway. He does a little... He does a little chicken. But this is the point where I messaged you and asked for your... Uh, I want to hear your Vince McMahon laugh impressions. Because okay. when he does that, Vince McMahon does one of his big stupid fake laughs. And that's why I wanted to hear your... So. Here, I'll give mine, right? Okay. <laughs> there you go. There. <laughs> so throughout this broadcast, anytime a face does something remotely faceish, Vince gives this weird, blatantly forced fake laugh it's so strange anyway Sean Mooney is backstage <laughs> <laughs> and he's interviewing Ravishing Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan and as they're in Philadelphia Rude kind of makes comparisons between himself and Rocky Balboa and then he Heenan Heenan's a master really he he's cutting a heel promo while also explaining the rules of the match to anybody who's never seen a steel cage match before which is fucking deadly uh, so he puts over the match and the idea and uh, he tells Warrior that after Rude wins it won't be like Rocky because there's not going to be a Rocky 2, 3, 4 or 5 which I thought was a pretty cool line mm. um, 
and that's good. Also, can we say in the in the in the interest of extremes, like we're mm. talking about, mm. fairly certain it, it, this incarnation of Rick Rude is the most handsome wrestler we've seen throughout the entire. Oh. I mean, Man. he's lost his mullet, but he looks great. <laughs> he's gorgeous. Like, end of story. End of story. <laughs> Beginning, middle, and end of that story. Yeah, it's just him being gorgeous constantly. We then um, cut to an interview with Dusty Rhodes. It was actually a really good interview, but I was so pissed off about this stupid storyline still going on. I mean, like, but it was actually no, it was actually re- like he was he he goes on about when he was like running out. The fans were like, "When are you gonna get bad dust? When are you gonna get even dust? When are you gonna get mad?" And he, you know, the way he delivers it when he's actually on when he's on point, Dusty can deliver a serious problem, yeah, and yeah. it's a banger. All, so, all I wanted to say is, though, like, we were arguing earlier about whether that's a mullet or not. I mean, look at those little bits hanging at the back. That's definitely a mullet. Okay. Call it a mullet? Go on, yeah, go on, go on, go on. Yeah. No, you're right. No, you're no, right. no, we you're counted it earlier. It was two to one. <laughs> well, it's three. It's three now. It's fucking three now. Right. Okay, well, here's the best bit of this entire broadcast in, a, in about three, two, one. And... There we go. <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes makes an appearance. Oh, we haven't seen him in ages. Alfie, baby. Big Alfie. Uh, Our Lord and Saviour. Oh, what a gent. He, so obviously, this is at a time when they couldn't descend the cage from the rafters, so they have to build it. I believe he, he's talking shy. Talks about their record. He's like, I, I was talking. I was talking to the gentleman here, and he's going on about how the record is like eight minutes forty six seconds, and they're going to try and beat it tonight and stuff like that. And uh, no, good filler because they obviously need to bang out a bit yeah, yeah, for the absolutely. Old, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I love seeing um, Alfie. Baby. Alfie. He's like, I'll be very sad when when he's when he's like when I definitely know he's gone from WF Television. Like, it'll piss me off. He was the original icon for the original our, icon. our group chat. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Like, he was because he was in the first like three or four pay per views of WF, and he was like a constant. Like he was, he was the business. Um. So yeah, he he's gone on about that, and then we go backstage where uh, we get another a post match Hogan interview, and he's just banging on about banging on Kickstarter. He's selling, he's selling tickets to house shows, is what he's doing. He's absolutely selling tickets to house shows. Uh, he, he adds his fourth demandment, which is believe in yourself. So after saying your prayers, eating your vitamins and drinking your milk, believe in yourself. Which isn't a bad bad thing to... It's actually the only demandment. Because, you know, you might be lactose intolerant or you might be a ve- vegan or something. So you don't need to drink your milk. You know. And you might be you, an atheist. You might be yeah, atheist, yeah, yeah. You might not want to say prayers. And you might, get, you might have such a decent diet that you don't actually need to supplement with vitamins or vitamins so i'd say believing in yourself is, is just just believe in yourself and you'll be grand right that's mm, that's, that's my one dem- demandment of you that's <laughs> <laughs> fair yeah yeah is that okay i hope that's okay. graham laycock is hulk hogan <laughs> no i'm not hulk hogan thank you very much kindly like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not perfect, but I'm Jesus. I'm not Hulk Hogan. Um, yeah, it's a it's a classic Hogan interview. Nothing to write home about. Um, but then we get an earthquake interview and we see them welts on his back. Intensity. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. 
lot more intensity again as per usual. He's giving it loads. He's still trying to do his little bounce. He's still trying to do his bounce, but he's he's knackered. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. It was a ten minute match, but ten minute decent ten minute match. And then um <laughs> Then we get an Ultimate Warrior promo, which um Darren is gonna transcribe for us now, thank you very much. If that's okay. Well the warrior he's a nice guy, so he decides to not even start his promo, he just wants to tell us a little joke. Okay, go on. So so, so do you know what Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan have in common with the Liberty Bell? What's that? One is cracked and the other is a ding dong. <laughs> and then he decides to have a little laugh with Mean Gene. Yeah. But then sure. Mean Gene starts laughing too, so he just looks at him and makes him stop. Just in case Mean Gene thinks he's gonna have a good time. Then Mean Gene decides to ask a question, maybe. Yeah. So this is Mean Gene's question. Ultimate warrior, your destiny lies before you. Just as our forefathers trudged straight into the unknown, so too you must take another step in your reign as the World Wrestling Federation champion into a virtual unknown, that being a 15-foot high steel cage. And you take that knowing full well that the man you meet inside this cage has defeated you before. What's the question, Mean Gene? Yeah, that's not really a question, is it? Well, the warrior, he's not going to let that stop him because (laughs) he's the warrior. So, his response, and I quote, Within the course of human events, it becomes necessary to protect my inalienable right to be World Wrestling Federation champion. <sighs> I must do what my forefathers have always done, never afraid to face an adversary, always willing to step into a new frontier, always willing to make the sacrifice, and you, Rick Rude, will not be able to prevent the establishment of a more perfect union between me and my warriors. For the sacrifice that we prepared to make it adversary. <laughs> oh, no, keep going. You're doing it. That is far greater than anything you could ever know. We don't fear the unknown of the new frontier, Rick Brood. We revel in these things that are the lifeblood of the ultimate nation. And these things that are the lifeblood of the ultimate warrior. <laughs> That was very good. There. That was very good. <laughs> Golf clap for that. I don't know what it means, bullet. No, I gotta no say, sense. you know what? I had certain expectations for this bit. I knew you were gonna, you were gonna do it. <laughs> I was expecting you to to say everything, um, like just in a normal voice, and I thought that would highlight how ridiculous it was. But the fact that you actually went and and went a whole hog, I um. So impressed. I don't think I've, that is amazing. I, I hats off to you. Hats off to you. That was amazing. No, that was very good, Darren. Well, I'm actually very impressed. I'm going to be honest. Ultimate Warrior is a great lad, isn't he? No, he's a horrible bastard. In all fairness, he was. I know he's, he's awful. Like, but he's great all the same. And um, before we kick off into this uh, main event that is ours, um, I'm just going to nip out and stock up on uh, a can go and get yourself a can young david have a lovely can go get yourself a lovely can and me and darren will talk about you when you're gone i could reread it now in a normal voice and try and make sense of it. yeah actually do do that while we're waiting on david to get his cans back 
Okay, let's let's begin again. So, ooh, so we had Mean Gene's question that wasn't really a question, and the Warrior's response. Yes. Within the course of human events, it becomes necessary to protect my inalienable right to be the World Wrestling Federation champion. Inalienable, Graham. Inalienable. I've never actually heard that word. What's that mean? Well, I don't know what it means, but I must do what our forefathers have always done. Never afraid to face an adversary. Always willing to, stay, to step into a new frontier. Always willing to make a sacrifice. And you, Rick Rude, will not be able to prevent the establishment of a more perfect union between me and my warriors for the sacrifice that we are prepared to make against an adversary that is far greater than anything you could ever know. So I thought Rick Rude was his adversary, but obviously yeah. not because it's an adversary that is far greater than anything Rude will ever know. Whatever that means. We don't fear the unknown of a new frontier, Rick Rude. We revel in it. It is these things that are the lifeblood of the ultimate nation. It is these things that are the lifeblood of the ultimate warrior. Ah. That last uh, noise was actually probably the most important part of that whole promo. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it was, yeah. <laughs> no, like... That's that's the only bit that made sense. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pause this match while Dave is away because he seems to be going to South Benihana for those counts. I do wonder who the adversary is that he's facing. If it's an adversary that's far greater than Rick Rude, because I thought he was facing Rick Rude. Is he talking about the cage? Um, he's just talking about like, you know, nothing. Uh, like, no, no, well, you know, like adversity in general. But that's adversity. He's talking about an adversary. Adversity is his adversary. Oh, oh, that's know. deep, isn't it? Yeah, did you like that? Yeah. Like, I'm fair. talking shite. But, like... Oh, like, I came in on adversity. Ad adversity <laughs> is his adversary. Yeah. Okay, so we we went back through the Warrior promo without, in, in, like, in the impression. English, in, yeah, in and, uh, yeah, yeah. So the, the bit that we're stuck on is... Um, we are prepared to make against an adversary that is far greater than anything you could ever know, Rick Rude. And I thought his adversary was Rick Rude, but now he's saying he's facing an adversary that's far greater than anything Rick Rude could ever know. So what is the adversary? Is it the idea? Is it the cage? Is it life? Who knows? The warrior is a deep man. I actually think... Yeah, in all fairness, I, th I think me and Gene ex should accept some responsibility for the ridiculousness of this promo as well, based on the question that he yeah, asked. Yeah, to be should, honest, should, me and Gene is a bit of a ding-dong too. Yeah, he is. Ding-dong, yes. <laughs> he is a bit cracked. <laughs> He's an old ding-dong, isn't he? Um, so we'll get, on, we'll get on with this match then. Where's my microphone going mad loud again? It likes to do that from, from time to time. Uh, so Dave is back. He's got his cans. And let's go. I'll just... Uh, there you are. Um, so, Rick Rude... The, so, the, our last match, our main event, 10th match, is for the WF World Heavyweight Championship. And it pits um, the Ultimate Warrior, who was the champion, defending against Ravishing Rick Rude in a steel cage match. So, Rick Rude is the only person in the WF with a pinfall victory over the Warrior. 
uh, Rude defeated Warrior for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 5, which all three of us gave as our match of the night on that event. So go back and look that up, uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, Warrior won the title back at SummerSlam 89, and after Warrior won the world title, Heenan convinced the WWF that Rude should get the first title shot, which makes sense because he's the only man to actually truly beat him. Um, so Rude does his trademark poses and calls the audience Pennsylvania piss ants. Uh, Warrior climbs the side of the cage going crazy and does two laps of the ring before climbing up the cage again to meet Rude at the top. Warrior hurls Rude back and forth into the, all the cage walls. Rude ducks an oncoming Warrior who collides with the cage wall himself. Rude tries to escape but Warrior stops him and we see Rude has been busted open. Rude dishes out right hands and rakes Warrior's face across the cage wall. Rude tries the Rude Awakening but Warrior blocks it and floors Rude with the clothesline. He goes for the big splash but Rude gets his knees up and then successfully hits his Rude Awakening. Instead of pinning Warrior he climbs the cage and hits a flying axe handle off the top. He tries again from the opposite corner but Warrior meets him with a punch to the gut. Warrior goes to the door and Heenan slams it shut in his head getting a near fall for Rude. Heenan tries to pull Rude out but Warrior stops them grabbing Rude's tights and exposing his arse. Heenan is dragged in and needs a right hand and atomic drop that sends him flying back outside. Rude goes on the attack, but Warrior slowly starts worrying up. Worrying. When I typed worrying, I didn't get one of the things that said it's uh, not a real word, so that's a, that's news to me. Um. Anyway, uh, he hits three running clotheslines and a gorilla press drop before climbing out to win the match and retain the title just after 10 minutes. Dave, I'm going to throw this at you cost um okay um like again similar to the 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 other main event there were a lot of things in this that i liked and there were a lot of things that i didn't like um i didn't like the seemingly arbitrary structure of the match it was all over the place i thought okay. it was just for this happened and this happened there was no fucking psychology in, in it whatsoever from what i could see um or from what my admittedly naive mind could pick up um but like i liked i liked the um the way the commentary played into what was going on in the ring which was you know sometimes when you get into a steel cage it's uh, it's you get so angry about it and you get so dead set on punishing your 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 opponent that you don't care about winning anymore and that's why rude went up for the second axe handle yeah um you know i like the fact that there was a little bit of blood as well that was good um i loved loved fucking is it to me this was the best part of the night if i'm being perfectly honest the cam the, the shot of heenan after he slams the door in warrior's face oh yeah I, I i have never seen anything like that no i'm sure you have i'm being dramatic here I'm, but like <laughs> to me that was that was just that was just like fucking amazing and um, and i love the ending not warrior not the way warrior won I loved Rick Rude's uh, selling as to fight. he was still going on, and he, he was dazed, and he was fucked, yeah, he, he was, did, he, was putting he his jukes up, and he saw the the ref, and he started going for the ref, like it was clearly he yeah. was fucked, like you know. I thought that was awesome, um, like it was, 
I, I wish it was a little bit more structured and I wish I had a little bit more time. Yeah. Because I think it could have been a good match. Um, not, 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 not that it wasn't enjoyable because it was. It, there was there was a lot of parts of it that were enjoyable. Um, but overall, um, it just seemed like it just it seemed like a fucking slapdash kind of thrown together. Yeah. Kind of jobby, you know. Um, but yeah, that'd be me. Cool. Damn. Oh, whoa. shit. <laughs> that almost hit me in the face. Um, I, I'm going to agree with Dave, and I'm going to say that out of the two workers in this match, the third one was the best. Like, everything Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, did was classic. amazing. Like, not just the way he slammed the door. When he got into the cage, the way he, like, sold the Warriors punch on him and he was just lying back outside on the steps, just looked like he was dead. And um, for me, like, he was the highlight of this match. Uh, I, like, I think I have to agree with Dave. Psychology is not something that you could really say came into this match very much. And I... I I think the commentators did their best, like Dave was saying, to sell the fact that, oh, like, Rude is just so angry he wants to punish him. But at the same time, it didn't really make much sense. He was on top of the cage just to escape. Like, he had so many opportunities to win the match. And I think Piper was kind of caught in between being a worker and being a commentator. And he was, like, trying to sell the idea that he was so angry. But he was also, like, just, like, what the fuck are you doing? Just win the match, like... Yeah, um, sorry to cut across there. Did you just like how every time Warrior did his pose, Roddy Piper would go, <laughs> No, that me, no, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> if I'm honest, I didn't like it either. If I'm honest, either, like it kind of buries like, the bloke, but it was kind of funny as well, at the, yeah, in hindsight. But it wasn't the uh, right thing uh, to do. I think it's now maybe the time to address the country as a whole on the show because we've kind of so talked they're, about they're, it they're, without talk, talking about it. You haven't thrown a rock at me, please. I need to talk about this match. Uh, but yeah, I know, but I was going to talk about the commentary oh. first. Oh. Graham, like, you're probably going to drop it. I don't want to throw it to you. Throw it to me. Come on, I'll throw it back. This is awkward. <laughs> All right, fine. Oh, this guy you. again, thank fuck's you. sake. Uh, no, like, it, it, there are, like, few stupid bits um, I did like the fact that they started at the top of the cage that was cool um, and I was a bit disappointed Nick will dive off the top and I know it's not mm, like yeah. he's not going to do a fucking shoot and start V trigger <laughs> or some shit but like shoot and start V trigger <laughs> I don't know if that's even possible but like you know what I mean like it was just like a, a, a hammer on the head possible. like you know it could have been a clothesline or something, or cross body, or something, but um, still, uh, it was still a bit of crack, um, and like pulling his arse down up, and you could hear all the crowd laughing, that was pretty cool, um, but yeah, there wasn't psychology, this was a pure action match, like just do all these spots, and have a bit of crack, but we, we know from previous experience that Rick Rude brings the best out in the Warrior, yeah, big time. Um, it's probably the, the weakest of the three matches we've seen them in so far, but it's still not dog shit. Like, um, it's a like it's a bit of a laugh. Like, and for someone who says it's an upper body business, he has a pretty good arse, does Rick Rude. Let me tell you, he obviously <laughs> does some squats every now and again between sets. <laughs> uh, 
no, he's but a like, handsome man. He's a handsome man. Uh, no, it's, it's a, I, I enjoyed this match. Like it's it was silly and stupid, and I'd say nostalgia is like even though I hadn't seen it before, but the whole idea of the Ultimate Warrior and nineteen nineties wrestling is obviously it it plays into my enjoyment. So like, I don't think I could, I'd say I'm just a tidbit biased, like because I I know full well that I'll watch a match with like the young books ah, and they'll man. do something silly and I'll be fuming. Do you know what I mean? And whereas like the exact same thing is happening here and I'll just be like, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I have to, I have to admit that there's obviously going to be some bias there, but no, I, I did enjoy it a lot. Like I thought it was good crack, but I agree with your, your points and blood as well. Have we seen blood in the WF match? Like, before a blade job, like it looked like Surely a blade we have. job. I don't think we have, have we? Yeah, we've seen a lot in the NWA anyway. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, they love a they love a blade job, but I don't know if WF have really given many out now. Yeah, you're actually only when you're saying that I can't think of it. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of one. I'm assuming Hogan must have done a blade job. I have a vision of Hogan covering yeah, blood in my head. Hogan. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's from a show that we've watched. Oh, I think it was WrestleMania two actually. I think he bled at WrestleMania too, but that was like that was nineteen eighty six, so that's still a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah. Uh so I'm gonna pick this rock back up and I'm gonna pass it back to you there, Emery. And you're gonna tell me let's talk commentary. Oh I've caught the rock. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk commentary, everyone has a as an open conversation now, but you can I just threw it over my shoulder there. Oh, um uh just yeah, no just... I just caught it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you behind me? Actually, before we get on to commentary <laughs> We can talk about commentary now in a moment. I have some bad news. Good news for bad news? No, not good news for bad news. Bad news bad for news. bad news. Okay. And that is that this is the final WF appearance of one ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, that is bad uh, But he goes to WCW yeah, so he'd, shortly he'd afterwards, ha- right? He'd have his last WF match in late October, losing to the big boss man on the house show. And he'd leave the WF over a contract dispute with um, Vince McMahon. Uh, so he shows he, up on, on, on Nitro, I thought. And that's not no, for he wouldn't. He nine years rest, later. That's like 1997 or 8. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he goes back to WB then, does he? Yeah, but he, never, he doesn't wrestle for them. Um, he wouldn't wrestle again until okay. May of, of Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, he'd do a tour with All Japan. And then we'll see, we will see him again when he begins working for WCW in October of 1991. So, um, so let, let's give our thoughts on Rude's uh, WF run there. What we've seen him in, if someone wants to go first. I'll I, I'll I'll chime mm. in if that's okay. Go for it. You caught the rock, lads. So let's go. Mm. Um, again, similar to what we were talking about earlier on with Butchery, Butchery, and with you know Jesse Ventura. I always knew who Rick Rude was, but I never had been like seriously exposed to him or kind of, you know, had watched a lot of his stuff. And he has been by far and away one of the most entertaining uh, and wrestlers that I've seen watching this show or, you know, doing this show. Um, From the gimmick with the, uh, his opponents, like wives or whatever on his, on his, on his trousers, or on, on, on his tights, you know, to his, his fucking physique is, is like amazing and has, has been amazing for the past six years in, in this timeline. Um, 
it's I got to say he, he's he's blown me away. I'm I'm I'm, I'm if if I were to if by if if by God Almighty were to finish tomorrow, um, Rick Rude would be one of my favorite parts. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree with you there. Now, um, like I was familiar with. Like, I think the only thing I ever knew of Rude was that pause down because I think I rented Royal Rumble '89 at some point during, during like when I was a kid, but I never really. Um, and I think. I, I saw one match of him in WCW, but I, I didn't have a, like an actual idea of how good he was. And then when we've been doing this show, I've been like, Rick Rude is the fucking business, man. Like, like we said, his chemistry with the Ultimate Warrior, he put, like, you know, Warrior gets flack for not being a particularly good wrestler. But Rick Rude managed to pull out absolute stormers with him. And he's just, his whole... His whole everything is just per- like I know there's plenty of guys who are body guys, but he's just like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, he, I don't feel like I think he's deserving of just being considered a legend. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he, just, yeah. he did everything, he and he just looks like a man. I know that sounds like, <laughs> like no, you're I mean? right though. He's got that big mustache and all, and he's, he's in deadly shape, and he's just a big, he just looks like a big bloke. Like, like he's like a Tom Selleck, but he's the Tom Selleck of wrestling. But he's just he's more aggressive and uh, like nasty than Tom Selleck. He's just a bloke, and I think he's the fucking like. I'm glad I've I'm glad I've got to see this, and I, I can't wait to see him in WCW with people like fucking Ricky Steamboat and fucking Rick Flair, like, and Rick Flair and all the lads. Like, that. like that'll be fucking deadly. What were you there? Uh, I mean, he's not Lex Luger, but he is the total package. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I mean, like, oh, like if we ever make like a, a, a DVD or something, that should be like a byline. <laughs> yeah. for, you know, <laughs> like I mean, as far as a look goes, he's got the best look you're ever going to see of a wrestler. Yeah, he's unbelievable in the ring, and like he has Bobby Heenan there with him, which only adds to it. But he doesn't need Bobby. Doesn't Heenan. Need he's him. fantastic on the mic himself, but the two of them playing off each other makes it even better. Like he's just. He's the best. He's I the bee's yeah. knees and the cat's pajamas. That's Let me true. tell you. That's true. So we're all Rick Rude marks. Yeah, all Rick resigned. Rude. Filthy Rick Rude marks. Mix. And on that note, commentary. Um, Vince McMahon laughs badly at everything. And although he didn't seem too... like he, I can actually just remember more Roddy Piper being racist, sexist. I actually can't really remember sex, but like I'm just saying, he was everything offensive that you can think of, basically. Yeah, so I started off this show, and for like the first match, I was kind of like, oh, Roddy Piper is kind of a refreshing change of pace on yeah, commentary. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. It's like, oh, I like Roddy P- like Piper promos, and this is just mm-hmm. a longer promo. It's really good. And then the second match happened, and the third match, and Jesus, I actually didn't enjoy him at all anymore by the time we got to halftime history like he just he was meant to be a face and I think the two face thing was really weird because like the whole dynamic we've had up to now is Jesse and Gorilla face and heel playing off each other and double face but Piper kind of being a face but also pointing out all the faces weaknesses and kind of putting himself over all the time Yeah, really confusing and he kind of took the piss out of storylines in an annoying way. 
at times and him and Vince just I didn't think either of them did a great job like Vince is way over the top in his stupid fake laugh but at least he's trying to put over the storyline yeah. yeah whereas yeah, Piper yeah, yeah. feels like some of the time he's trying to put himself over and taking the piss out of what's going on in the ring yeah maybe no, that I was just you, yeah I did I did like him calling the big boss man the big bosom man did you like that, Grant? Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did like that. I thought that was actually decent. Like, if I'll be honest. And the big boss man <laughs> is the face that he's meant to be putting yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, that's. I know. I know. Well, I think. I think someone could be. Should be. Have they ever done that in wrestling where someone's like a heel to everyone, including other heels? Like someone should be like. I want to see someone who's like, because he also calls brother love blubber love. So yeah, yeah he's he's very neutral. Like. But yeah, the commentary wasn't as good as Jesse and Gorilla. No, no, not at all. No, nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. I didn't hate it though. Okay. I didn't hate it. Okay. I'd like I like there. Uh, to be honest with you, there I completely understand what you're saying. Um, with regards to the refreshing take and being being finished with it by by the time we get to halftime history, like mm. I uh, to me. Piper specifically kind of put a bit of a really put up a comedic lens on the entire thing, and whether whether that was the intention or not, and it probably wasn't, but for me looking at this in 2021 and watching it, like I, I thought, and not to say that I agree with what what he's saying, but like I was I found myself laughing like holy yeah. fucking shit I can't believe he just said that yeah kind yeah. of thing and it and it kept me interested and I know that's not what they were going for but looking at it now it, it was just it was yeah fair enough and Vince <laughs> yeah. Vince for, for for the most part like I didn't I I didn't have like a good word or a bad word to say about him really like it he was he was a mediocre play by play. Yeah, he, he didn't stand out on the point where you actually have anything bad to say about him. Mm. But I also don't have anything good to say about him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly certain that's exactly what I just said, Graham, but whatever. Okay. Um, no, but like, he, he didn't stand out. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Dave, he didn't actually stand out, like, Dave. No? Dave. Did he stand in? <laughs> I did he stand up. <laughs> Or down. Uh, so, any guesses on the average ticket price? Thirty bucks. Twenty-seven fifty. Well, very, very accurate. <laughs> uh, not accurate, but very specific. Eighteen dollars, which is roughly thirty-seven dollars in today's bread, um, for a gate of three hundred thirty-eight thousand four hundred fifty-two dollars. It did a three-point-eight buy rate, which is five hundred and eight thousand, roughly. So forty two thousand less than WrestleMania six, which is not the worst, but one hundred and seventeen thousand less than SummerSlam eighty nine. That's a big drop. That's a big drop. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll go first on match of the night, worst match, oh. spot of the night, and general recommendation. Match of the night for me is going to be. The two out of three falls match. Don't kill me, Dave. Um, Dave hates that match. Dave hates it. Um, I thought it it was it was the one of only like 
three matches that went over 10 minutes if you like i mean the main event went 16 seconds over 10 minutes or something like that so that i don't or five seconds over 10 minutes so that barely even counts um so we actually got a decent wrestling match lots of psychology even though there was a stupid overbooking at the end with the fucking switcheroo well the heart foundation are deadly um and it was just the the crowd were so into it and that gets me as a viewer into it and it's just you know you pop when they pop and it's like I remember Bret Hart did like a Russian leg sweep and got a two count and everyone was like losing their fucking minds like as if it was the best thing ever. Uh, so that's why I just thought that was a great match. Uh, on the on, on the entirety of the card. Um, worst match I'm going to give to Randy Savage which breaks my heart versus Dusty Rhodes because there was an entire like continuous plot line that was annoying me throughout the entire show. It led to a like a match that was like two minutes and fifteen seconds long. That wasn't good. The crowd weren't into it. I wasn't into it. It, I, it just I don't know what happened. Like it, it was it was just why was it why was it two minutes? That's ridiculous for two people who are blatantly good, and can blatantly put on bangers. It was just so weird. Um, so I hated that. Um, and spot of the night is going to be Anvil reverse slamming Bret Hart onto Crush because that was pretty cool and I've never seen it before or since so that's a good crack and overall I would recommend if I was to recommend the entire pay-per-view I'd say skip it but mm-hmm. I would recommend watching the 2 out of 3 false tag match and the main event if you're a big warrior Merc like Jeremy because it's, it's an essential warrior view and it's his first yeah. pay-per-view title defence so I'd say that is worth watching um, it's, it's a bit of crack the main event as well and then the, the the tag match as well but that's the only matches on this I'd recommend and if you just want to watch a whole pay-per-view don't watch this no so that's me I'm going to throw this rock someone catch it no oh, I got it <laughs> sorry Dave interception I didn't even try <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so I know Dave hates it yeah. But I'm going to agree with you and go two out of three falls match was the best uh, match on this card. You are gay for this two out of three falls Yeah, match. I'm gay for the Hearts gear and I'm gay, gay for I'm so Bret gay Hart. Gay gear. Um, yeah, no, I think it, it wasn't the perfect match, but as far as this card went, it was the one that entertained me the most. Uh, worst match oof, I don't know I might be being a bit harsh but I'm going to go with Mr. Perfect versus Texas Tornado probably yeah. because I had higher expectations for this match and because everything up till now that I've seen Mr. Perfect in he, he's been perfect so this was a bit of a letdown and mm. that's why I'm going for that as worst match of the night spot of the night I'm going for a spot which may or may not actually be a spot mm-hmm. and might be quite offensive to some people. But after well, the main event, yeah, when the warrior climbs up on the cage and starts swinging the title around his head, mm-hmm. some people say that's disrespectful to the title or whatever. I think it is the best visual ever for the warrior. And I think that is spot of the night. It's the thing that I'm going to remember from this show is warrior standing on top of the cage, yeah. swinging the fucking title. I imagine that's where Seth Rollins got it from, right? Yeah, I, I see him so, yeah. What a fucking Merc. Merc! <laughs> 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 yeah, and then 
what do you think? Would you recommend the pay per view or say skip it or? Uh, like, I, like it's it's got a lot of nostalgic characters, but as a show uh, to watch all the matches, no, I wouldn't recommend it. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's very skippable. Dave, catch. Um, I'm gonna give matches tonight to the opener. Ooh. Yep. Um, Ooh, and yeah, it's, enough, it's, it's purely it's purely out of kind of ingenuity. Mm. Yeah. Good selling, and it it, it managed to it managed to get a new team over. It was entertaining while while you were watching it, um, even if it did have Marty Jannetty in it, because um, <laughs> he's a fucking weirdo. Um, party Marty, party Marty. I've never heard that's a great one. Graham <laughs> um, always says party Jannetty, Dave. You hate her. <laughs> party Jan- does he? Yeah. No, you don't. I say party Janetti, I don't say party Marty. But That's in, totally in, different. In 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 that case, it's probably because I'm always too drunk to remember. So apologies. Yeah, no, Classic. We do have lovely cans. Lovely cans. Um, yeah, no, I I, I just thought it was a really well crafted match. All all the various different aspects considering it, um, and it it got me hyped up to watch the rest the rest of the of the pay per view. I I watched this first match and I was like, ooh. You know, because like, if I'm being 100% honest, lads, like I do get excited about watching the the NWA WCW pay per views, hmm. but the WWE ones, like I, I sometimes I kind of I, I get lined up for it. I'm like, okay, you know, I have to prepare myself to do it, and it's it can be tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when I watched this this first match, I was like, okay, cool, deadly, let's do it, let's fucking go. This is like great character, you know, great fucking character work. Really got the team over. The, the selling in it was phenomenal. So, and that's not not to take away from the two out of three falls, mm. right? I know, yeah, I know, you guys love that one, and yeah. and it was it was a great match. It was yeah. it really was. But I, like in terms of my um, investment in it, and maybe it was just yeah. from being exhausted from the first half of the card, and getting to that stage, and maybe I wasn't kind of, you know, as roped in as I, as I could have been, but um. Yeah, so that'd be my match of the night. Worst match of the night, I would have to agree with Derm, but uh, Mr. Perfect versus, versus Texas Tornado. I was super hyped to, um, like, Mr. Perfect is, as you, as you said, Derm, he's perfect. And <laughs> Kerry Von Eric, our first view of him, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. It's going to be awesome. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It just wasn't. It wasn't really, was it? Um, not a whole lot more to say about that yeah. one. Uh, Spotted the Night. I've got two in mind, and I'm wondering. I'm going to present one to you first, okay. and you can tell me whether it's acceptable or not. And if not, I'll fall back on the other one. Um, main event, the real main event, the last match on the card. Mm-hmm. And I've already kind of expressed my 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 love for this before, but when Bobby Heenan slams the door, yeah. from that point up until when the camera pans around on him and he's kind of looking to his left and he's he has this like little just a just a touch of a smirk on his face and i like i've ne- like like i said to you earlier on i've never seen anything like that i think that was some of the the best piece of wrestling television that we've seen so far on the show so if you would allow me to submit that for spot oh, yeah, of the night yeah because that was probably second on my list personally so there you go yeah go for it 
I'll allow you to submit it, but I also want to hear what your other option is. The other one was a slingshot uh, shoulder block from... Uh, ah, yeah, from that's the, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because who doesn't love a slingshot shoulder block? <laughs> Especially when it's the handle. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or one of the road warriors. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> overall, I think this pay-per-view is like a, com- a comedy of errors. I think if you want to um if you want to have a bit of a laugh then fucking watch it because I I found myself like laughing at how ridiculous the entire thing was throughout and again coming from a, a 2000 a 2021 lens um uh, but if you're looking for good quality wrestling action which we've had plenty of over the past 6 years whoa Jesus what is that? What happened there? That was very rude. Rick rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving us a rude awakening. Oh! Um, I would say skip it. Yeah, I would say skip it. It's or, or like like you guys said, unless you're a warrior, Mark. Um, yeah, or maybe watch the main event. Like, or God forbid, a Hogan, Mark. Um. But overall, no, it's a it, it's a no from me, dog. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. <laughs> Isn't it a bit mental that on one card, Randy Savage got a worse match of the night, and Hercules got a match of the night? Like, what the fuck is going on? Dave hates wrestling. Dave hates wrestling. No, I mean, Dave, no, damn, you hate wrestling. Dave, Dave hates cans. Dermot Excuse wrestling. me. You were the one drinking San Pellegrino no. before yeah, we went well, live. I you are the one who hate cans. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, Graham hate does hate poetry. True. He's true. never <laughs> being invited on poetry slam. Fuck him. You hate Derm hates wrestling. Dave hates lovely cans. I hate poetry. Why do you hate poetry? Because it's fucking words. Shut up, you. I don't know because you know the whole the you know this person hates this. Between us, it's like no, no. Hang on a second. Hang on a second, Graham. Before you fucking get up on your high horse, (laughs) (laughs) so it's very clear that both myself and Derm love the actual things that we are purported to hate. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So Derm loves wrestling, and I actually love lovely cans as well. Whereas, like. Like, do you really love poetry, again? You, yeah, like, what's the story? Like, I, I would, I would oh, you've say written a poem for us. You, actually, I would say you're indifferent to poetry yeah, more than anything else. To poetry, like. So why do you get something? Why do we get? To, why do you get to slag us over something that we actually love? Saying we I hate it. We lost the head when the genius said a poem. One, so that's where we're stuck. Like, there, we need to find something that he actually loves and tell him he hates it. Yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Anyway. Someday. That's our opinions. We're closing in on three hours here. Three hour Jeez. live stream. Holy fuck. <sighs> well, you know what? Like there's there's been far there's longer been some technical enough. Right? As well. um, but our our next step our next episode will be WCW's Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety, where we will see uh Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich versus the Midnight Express. No, we won't. Why? Just because I hate wrestling on oh, that. <laughs> 
I won't be there either because I hate lovely cans. Oh yeah, yeah, fucking hilarious. Uh, Bill Irwin versus Terry Taylor, no longer the Red Rooster. I'll be there for that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Brad Armstrong versus J W Storm. I don't know who that is yet. Yeah, me neither. I was like, okay, I'll just pretend who I know who these guys are. <laughs> the Southern Boys versus the Master Blasters, Blade and Steel, a.k.a. Okay. Kevin Nash, making his little pay-per-view debut. Um, the Fabulous Freeboards versus the Renegade Warriors. The Steiner Brothers defend the U.S. tag titles against the Nasty Boys, making their pay-per-view debut. Uh, I'm going to look at the camera now. The Junkyard Dog versus Moondog Rex. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, fuck All right. He's like, I think he actually makes Jim Duggan look, look like mm. Steve. But uh, I think I'm going to quit this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doom defend the World Tag Team titles against Aaron Anderson and Ric Flair. Oh, oh maybe. On paper, that, yeah. I'm not going to watch that. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lex Luger defends the US heavyweight title against Stan Hansen and in the main event Sting defends the NWA world heavyweight title against Sid Vicious so that's Halloween oh. Havoc 1990 Deadly. how many uh, tag team matches are there on that card um, of the 1, 2, 3 of the 10 matches there are 6 tag team matches no 5 so 50% five. tag matches Yeah, I like it but Good a, tag team division there. But there's a point where there's three tag matches in a row, which is a... It can be heavy. Yeah. Can be heavy you know? yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll get um, there. So, yeah, the debut of Kevin Ash and a few other head the ball. That should be good. And Stan Hansen as well. Big stiff cunt. But yeah, yeah, he'll kill you. Um, that's that. Uh, we'll see you then. Or we'll yeah. see you on another time. What's that even from? We always I say think that. I think I said that. I said that. I think once I think it was, see you then or I'll see, see you, you on another, another time. time. Is what is that from? Is it The Simpsons? I'll see you on the later. Now. No, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> no. Ah, you're, this is terrible radio. Let's. We're not on radio. Oh, it's um, <laughs> I Love You, Matt. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Are we not on radio? I will see you then. Right, everything, everything. See you another time. Okay, boys and girls, <laughs> we'll see you then. A Halloween Havoc 1990. Terror. Sean. Will